What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jordan, and this is Desmond, and welcome to episode forty-one of Two Black Nerds. Yeah. That's right. It's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes in all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that love, y'all. And let's not forget to mention, head over to TwoBlackNerds.com right now to order some merchandise. We got t-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, stickers, mugs, everything you need. So go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's episode, we will be talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, that's right. Episode 2 just premiered this past week so we will of course be breaking down the latest and greatest from that episode we also got to discuss invincible the new animated superhero series to premiere on amazon prime we'll also be talking about nobody the latest film starring bob odenkirk as well as that brand new suicide squad trailer from james gunn oh my goodness that looks like it's gonna be fun and plenty of other comic book movie television video game and anime news much to get to today definitely gonna be a packed episode and really excited to talk about it but with all of that said we are first going to spend time talking about the falcon and the winter soldier yes we started talking about the show last week of course thank you again to kevin and jarell our special guests who joined us last week it was a really fun fun way to kick off this brand new series from marvel studios as i mentioned episode two premiered this past week on disney plus and is entitled the star spangled man so Mm. it definitely pushed the story along and in many different interesting ways so we will of course be breaking everything down here Before we do get into spoilers, um, just in case you have not gotten a chance to see the episode, we'll start off with just some some high level thoughts and opinions on how the episode went and where we think the show may may head over the next few weeks. Um, So, man, Des, I want to kick it over to you just to get your first impressions on this episode before we do the full spoiler talk. Yeah, man. Um, Here we are. Episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the the action continues um, and the quote unquote drama part of the show is beginning to ramp up, man. It's it's really getting interesting. Um, the dynamic uh, between, of course, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier himself, um, but also it's getting interesting between um, those two guys and the government. Right. And the uh, uh, and the people the government is putting in place. Um, to to also help quote unquote save the world and do the things that they got to do and it's, it's a um, it's a good time man the action we're gonna get action every episode I'm convinced at this point I don't think we're ever go, we're ever see an episode with no action um, the the stunts are still crazy I'm having a good time there and we're, we're uh, things are starting to impact man so um, at this point I'm really enjoying it uh, I'm just ready to to keep it going I can't believe it's only gonna be six episodes that's the weirdest thing ever to me uh, uh, like a, they could at least give us eight. You know what I mean, but <laughs> yeah. but I'm I'm still excited to be here, man. What did you think? Yeah, uh, similar thoughts for sure. This episode presented a nice blend of really. Um, really great action, but also some some high stakes drama that has some really big implications for where this story is going to go over mm. the next few weeks. And I thought that there were some uh, some interesting developments across the board. To your point, not only with Sam and Bucky, but also with some of the supporting characters, such as John Walker, um, such as uh, L- Lamar Hoskins, who was also mm. um, introduced in this episode. So definitely some supporting players uh, coming into the mix that that are spicing things up. Also the Flag Smashers. We got a little bit mm. more information about 
about them, mm-hmm. and we were sort of questioning that and their role last week. So it, you know, obviously as as a show will do over the course of time, it's starting to peel back those layers. And even so, you know, early on, I think that they are tackling some good stuff that I'm hoping that they'll, you know, pay off down the line. And they really do have to just get to it. They they have no choice but to really just like hit the ground running and address a lot of these different things and these different story beats because they do only have six episodes. We only have four left at this point. So it's a very concise, tight experience that's going to unfold really rapidly before our eyes as it, as it already is. So um, I, I think that this did a good job at, of course, advancing the story, but also giving us some things that, could be really, really important and integral to these these specific characters a part of this show. So yeah. I think a, a, a job well done for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all of that said, if you've not seen episode two, The Star-Spangled Man of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, please duck out now. Go watch that episode on Disney Plus and then come back and listen to Two Black Nerds because we are about to get into full spoilers. This is your official spoiler warning moving ahead. And with that said, man, let's um let, let, let's definitely look at this this episode from a few different angles i want to start with john walker because that's who we that's who we start the episode off with and so obviously last week at the end of episode one we saw that the government had essentially picked their new captain america much to the dismay of both sam and bucky um it was unbeknownst to them the government just sort of did this on their own will they chose their own guy who who they wanted to to fulfill this role and take up the mantle of Captain America and it's a guy by the name of John Walker and so we start this episode off with with an inter- interaction between him and Lamar Hoskins a really good friend of his also a war buddy of his as well um Lamar has roots in the comics that we'll touch on in a in a second but John Walker's just sort of presenting himself to the world now he's kind of doing his press run he's yeah. out here you know kissing babies shaking hands <laughs> doing all of that great stuff even going as far as to, you know, revisit his alma mater, his old high school, and appear on Good Morning America, you know, as sort of like his 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 public coming out party as ca- mm-hmm. as Captain America. So the world the world now knows who who who's this who this guy is and where he comes from and and what he's about. So it definitely gave us some interesting looks there. Um, and then we also got to see a lot of him in action. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think one of the questions I raised last week was like, can this guy even fight? And you said if he really is John Walker, then he can. And he absolutely can. He can yeah. hold his own. He's actually really talented. He knows how to wield the shield. Um, there's a whole action set piece here with the Flag Smashers where he appears with Lamar and they sort of, I guess, aid Sam and Bucky to to, to an mm-hmm. extent um, and take on the rest of that group. And he is handling his own. He's throwing the shield like he's he's really used to it. He's really equipped to to, 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 to utilize it. Um, so he's definitely able to be a physical threat in, in, in mostly any situation that he's a part of. Um, However, he's still not he's he's not our cap. He he's really not <laughs> he's not he's not Steve Rogers, so it's still right. weird. Um but yeah, man, I, I guess I just want to start off to, to 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 ask you, one, what did you think of just his I guess sort of unpacking a little bit a little bit more into who he is as a person because mm-hmm. we got we got to spend a little bit more time with him. But then also just like his position within it seems like the government because yeah. He's obviously abiding by the rules that are set mm-hmm. forth for him. He's very much like a company guy in a sense, right? Yeah. Is is he genuine? You know, is this a front? Is this just like mm-hmm. a public persona? What do you what do you make of his character? Yeah, man. So for right now, it definitely feels genuine. Um, in 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 a couple ways, it's uh, it, but it it could be only what they've shown us so far, you know. But right now, he's like 
look, everyone, I'm, I really am just this down to earth army guy. They showed us all his accolades, everything that he's all, that he's ever done. Um, and apparently, he's a beast, man. Like the only person to get like three medals of honor, which is pretty wild. Like this dude um, is really about it. But you can you can kind of tell by the end of the episode that he he's starting to get a little cocky, right? Like he's starting to get a little uh, I I can do whatever I want kind of type feel and you know the, the stay out of my my way type thing so it's it's really a a, a weird dynamic because of course from the beginning no matter how nice he was Bucky and and <laughs> they do not fuck with this nigga long story short like they are like nah bro this dude is not it at all and I, I feel the same thing the whole time you know I'm just like ah, come on bro why are you mm-hmm. You just not cat like this is all so weird, man. Um, you know, was was really interesting is like uh, the way Miles Morales starts in the comics, right? He starts wearing uh, Peter's costume, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's dead. This is in terrible taste." And this like kind of feels like the same thing here mm-hmm. uh, with, with with U.S. Agent here. It's like mm, this is in bad taste, man. Like you shouldn't be having the exact same outfits on the ship just it's not right and so um i'm i'm, I'm starting to get that that the same feeling here so yeah bro he he just he, he rubs you the wrong way easily i don't know what it is i think is this the same dude from 22 jump street the actor you know i've only seen 21 jump street yeah. i haven't seen 22 yeah 22 there's uh chad um he's he po- he's supposed to be a football player in college and he has like this best friend uh, who also is supposed to be his friend in college. And I think this is him. And I think this is also a reason why I keep looking at him like, hmm, <laughs> I don't this, trust you. This is weird. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the way I'm feeling right now. How do you feel about him? Yeah, you know, they're doing a, a, a pretty clever balancing act right, act right now with this character because I don't hate him, but I also mm-hmm. don't like him at the same time. I'm just, yeah. he's he is kind of there, but it it's a bit annoying because. Like, if he was just a regular guy, if he was just still, like, an army guy and he, he just so happened to be enlisted by the government to be a hero of some sort, right, then I wouldn't have a problem with him. But it's 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 him being Captain America, which is the weird part of it all. Right. Because it's like, we obviously have that association with Steve and just all of the, the legacy and the history with that character. And for him to take on, on this mantle, which was certainly not... It was not anything that anybody really approved of. It, again, it's a government decision, you mm-hmm. know, where, whereas we have these relationships with these other characters that, were, that actually knew Steve, that were yeah. friends with him. And even in the episode, you know, John told Sam, like, you know, I'm not trying to replace Steve. I'm not trying to be him. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to do the right thing. And it's like, yeah, but your version and your perspective on the right thing, I don't know if that's exactly the way things should be <laughs> should be you know sort of carried out and handled because mm-hmm. again he feels so much like a company guy he's he mm-hmm. feels so much like yeah I, i'm definitely like for the government and i'm for how things are done and do things by yeah. the book and i mean not only in real life because that that doesn't even need to be explained but in even in this universe we we've been conditioned and taught to not trust any sort of official government agency for so many reasons yeah they even unpacked that more in this episode, which we'll get more to. But there's mm-hmm. no reason to put faith and trust into these these systems and these and these you know sort of um, powerful entities. And so him being a product of that just makes him it just makes him seem a little bit like a snake. And I don't I don't really li- I don't like that I don't like that. So yeah, I don't hate him. I don't have a reason to hate him just yet, but I definitely yeah. don't like him. Um, and I agree about that cockiness. He definitely is like yeah, you know. 
I could get Bucky out of jail. You know, he mm-hmm. he's he's too much of a valuable asset to us. The fact that he called Bucky an asset is like mm. even your perception of like other people that you're supposed to be working with is flawed as fuck. Like yeah. you shouldn't be calling this man an asset. He's a whole human being. Like exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, we 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 obviously have to see a lot more from his character and where he'll go go over these next few episodes. But he's not making the greatest first impression ever. But he's mm-hmm. also not completely completely trash just yet so yeah we'll see uh but we did dive a little bit more into lamar hoskins as well Uh-oh. who is interesting as a character because as we see him here as we see him appear in this episode he is playing in a sense sidekick or second fiddle to john walker uh but we we, we know that lamar also has roots in the comics as well um if you don't know about lamar hoskins um his character eventually becomes um, a, a, a hero named Battlestar. But even prior to becoming Battlestar, mm-hmm. he was actually given the mantle of Bucky. So it was very much mm. like this John Walker, Steve Rogers, Lamar Hoskins, you know, Bucky type of thing. But, you know, in the comics, one of the, I think, really important things that they ended up doing is that they ended up removing that moniker of Bucky from his name just because, like, yeah. Marvel at that time they didn't realize what they were doing was actually kind of problematic. One of the writers actually <laughs> had to bring up to them, like, you know, you probably shouldn't be calling a black character Bucky just because that's it's actually kind of offensive just mm-hmm. because of the roots and, and history tied to slavery and things of that nature and how that, you know, how that perception sort of still exists for certain black men. Like, you probably shouldn't call him that. And so they yeah. removed that name, thankfully. And, you know, again, he beca- he becomes the hero Battlestar. But, um, yeah, again, here, he, he he's alongside the ride for John, And it, it's it's really kind of this this interesting four-person interaction that they have at, at, a, at a point in the episode. Again, you know, they all four take on the Flag Smashers. They all lose, um, essentially. The Flag Smashers kind of just kick their ass. And we find out that the Flag Smashers are actually all super soldiers which is a, a big reveal. Um, but Lamar and John and, and Sam and Bucky, they have that interaction on the back of the truck, which was probably my favorite part of the episode because there was some really, really uh, really important and key dialogue in there. Mm-hmm. And Lamar, he, he claims himself to be Battlestar. Like, he actually called himself, like, I'm Battlestar. And Bucky mm-hmm. looked at him like, really? R- really? Like, this is what we're doing? <laughs> like, everybody just gets to be a hero now? And so right. Bucky was out of there. But, um... I guess, you know, th- thinking about his character, obviously we, we don't know the full story behind him yet, but where do you see him going over the course of the season and maybe even, like, larger implications for the MCU as a whole? Yeah, man, I'm actually not sure. They could take him anywhere. Um, just, of course, just him being a black character, you know, deep down, you always want to root for him. But I already know as soon as um, he becomes more publicized, right, as the new quote-unquote Bucky, that uh, is definitely going to rub, uh, rub our Bucky <laughs> wrong in all the wrong ways. Um, this, this is going to make this whole dynamic between them uh, and, and U.S. agent himself even worse. So, uh, yeah, I don't know yet, man. It's really hard to tell. Um, hopefully we do see some some good action as him as Battlestar, you know. I don't, they, they, I don't want them to put him to the side too much. Um, this should be just about just as much as about him if they want to, as it is about um, U.S. agent, and they can do it. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens, man. But uh, until then, he's still he's also still getting a side eye at this moment. Like, hmm, what's what's going on here? You know? Exactly. It's like, yeah, you might be here to do the right thing, but again, your perception is probably not 
I don't know. It's just in a weird place. And, mm-hmm. you know, also another thing, like, these these guys have not been around for a lot of this stuff. Like, they're just kind of here at this point now, but we've been mm-hmm. following, obviously, the journeys of characters like Sam and Steve and Bucky for, for such a long time now. And so the things that they've seen and that they've come across, guys like Lamar and John, they don't really know about that. They probably have heard and read up on it, but they weren't mm-hmm. there. So even their even their experience and what they can bring to the table is just a little bit different. So yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's early. It's a little bit too early to tell where he may end up. Um... You know, but I wouldn't be surprised that if by the end of the show, based on some other stuff we're about to talk about in a second, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. that if by the end of the show, Lamar has a bit of a, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess a bit of a change of mind based yeah, on I, other I things that have come I know where you're up. going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we'll, we'll we'll circle back to that point. But what I do also want to talk about um, is just sort of this 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 tension between Sam and Bucky, right? Like. They did not interact at all in the first episode. They were completely separate. However, mm-hmm. we saw that they came together in this episode um, really because Bucky was just pissed. And he approached Sam like, hey, man, how did you just give up the shield like this? What happened? <laughs> like, didn't we just already go through this? Like, we all sat there at the end of game and saw Steve mm-hmm. give over the, 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 the shield to you. What happened? And, you know, Sam is not really in a position to want to explain himself, you know, because he's obviously still dealing with the news of a new Captain America. Um, but Bucky kind of approaches him in a really confrontational and hostile way. Um, and throughout the episode, we just see a lot of those moments where they're working together and they're kind of on the same page in, in certain instances, but there's still a lot to be patched up between their their two characters. And this was probably a little bit unexpected for me. Like, I guess, I guess going into this, I thought it was going to be a little bit more, I guess a little bit more banter between the two, like a little bit more mm-hmm. like friendly banter mm-hmm. per se, because it's like, okay, by this point they fought alongside each other within Captain America Civil War, within Infinity War, within Endgame. Mm-hmm. They have a pretty good rapport with each other. And I think that they still do. And I think that they do respect each other. But I, I guess my perspective after watching this episode is that Sam, you know, has a little bit of, I guess a little bit of disdain towards Bucky just because of how he approached Mm -hmm. them. But then also Bucky feels a way about Sam because of his decision to not take up the mantle of Captain America. And we know even in the Mm -hmm. first episode, like the therapist said, like, yeah, Sam had been reaching out to Bucky and Bucky wasn't returning any of his calls or texts. And so that probably made him feel a certain type of way. But I guess this kind of caught me a little bit off guard, uh, you know, sort of their uh, their tension. And, And there was even that, you know, point in this episode where, you know, the therapist had like a quick joint therapy session, which mm-hmm. did not work at all, really. Um, <laughs> I think all. it only only further divided them, at least divided them, for, at least for the moment. But, um, yeah, how do you see their relationship at this point, you know, w- with a lot of the the secrets that, that have existed and so, mm-hmm. some of, the, I guess, the unresolved, the unresolved tension that, that exists between these two? And how might that how might that take shape over the, you know, the course of the next few episodes? Yeah, man, it's so interesting because it's like um, it's it's almost like what was holding their relationship together in the first place was Steve. Right now that Steve isn't there, it's like the the, the glue is, you know, kind of coming apart. And it's like, well, we're just here, you know, kind of type thing. We don't like each other now. What? And it's it's I think it caught me off guard a little bit, too. You know, I thought they were like, OK, in the end game, Bucky goes. You know, he's it's for you. Go over there. Like, mm-hmm. We're fr- we're friends. Go over there. It's definitely for right. You, man. Like, like this is that moment for us to just like yeah. we're, we're we're on the same page now. Exactly, and it's 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 weird to see uh, how how this is going down. Um, but I think I think this is also potentially good writing. 
You know, I think I kind of understand where both of them are coming from in certain ways. You know, they both got their issues and it's like, man, what they only they don't also have a flag smasher problem, a U.S. agent problem. They got a them problem. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I kind of like the first half of the season. Problems keep erupting. You know, Uh, we're only two episodes in and there is not a nothing close to a solution anywhere um, for any of any of the three of these problems. So, uh yeah, I, th- I think it's just good rating, man. I think we're g- we're going to see things, all things come, to, you know, glued up all into one. And I think uh, I, th- I think it's cool. But like you said, it, it was definitely a surprise for me too. I, I also expected the the banter, you know, back and forth, the friendly banter back and forth. But we got we got something slightly deeper, and I, I think it's cool. We'll we'll see where they take it. Hopefully, they take it in the right place. But I think it's cool for now. Yeah, yeah, and probably by the end of this, it'll end up in a better place for both of them, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of working on the same page. But, I, you know, one of the things that I have to remind myself is that this is taking place six months after Endgame. So mm-hmm. we don't know this for a fact, but they may not have spoken at all in that six-month time frame. So there mm-hmm. hasn't really been that opportunity to patch things up, to understand each other, because yeah. they were both gone for five years during the blip, and now they're having to, re, you know, reacclimate to a normal everyday life to the best of their ability. Meanwhile, the world is still in a sense of like disarray and chaos. We, we learned in this episode that there's like a whole organization and agency dedicated to getting people's identities back on the board, getting people's uh, credit back in line, I guess. And we, we, we kind of saw some, some, some peeks into that with Sam in, in episode one and, you know, citizenships and all of this type of stuff. Like that. I just never really considered like how, obviously like billions of people being gone for five years like they don't exist literally and you you mm-hmm. probably assume like they're never coming back so what's the need for any of this information now they all of a sudden just all come back how does the world deal with that how do we how do we we we, we get all of that information and, and, and stuff back into a, a a suitable and normal place again um which are some really w- weird parallels to, I think, you know, some of the stuff that we're dealing with right now. But, you True. know, um, be, be that as it may. Yeah, I, I agree that they uh, they've they've had a little bit of banter, but it's definitely something mm-hmm. that's a little bit more contentious than than previously expected. Although there are reasons for that. There there mm-hmm. is a legitimate reason that that has has only further fueled the fire, I think, for why uh, the, the trust amongst a lot of people in this show just is at an all-time low. And sort of the big thing that I think we'll talk about today is really kind of the, the, the main reveal of this episode is the character of Isaiah Bradley. And so yeah. in the middle of the episode, again, after we've found out that the team of Flag Smashers is made up of super soldiers, um, which both Sam and Bucky realized, um, but they're questioning, you know, well, Mainly, Sam is questioning, like, how? Like, how how, how are there more super soldiers just, just running around freely? How did the serum just all of a sudden make its way, you know, around to, to, to multiple people to, to be able to take it? And Bucky has some information, some key information that actually um, might provide them insight into why that is. And so they take a trip to Baltimore, Maryland, um, because Bucky knows of an individual named Isaiah Bradley, um, who he mm-hmm. met during the Korean War. And he had an, you know, an, an interaction with it was basically a fight. And we find out that Isaiah Bradley actually ripped off half of Bucky's arm during that mm. fight. And he was able to do so because he himself is a super soldier. Now, before wow. we get into the specific 
scene of what happened here and also I think what it means for the MCU and for this specific show at large. Um, for, for the uninitiated, for the folks who don't know about Isaiah Bradley, bro, do you want to give them like a, a, a rundown and sort of a synopsis and just some of the, the historical context of Isaiah Bradley in terms of Marvel Comics? Yes, 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 y'all. Isaiah Bradley. He's like the... He's like a quiet black hidden gem um, within Marvel Comics, man. Uh, his he uh, he was created by Robert Morales, right, in a very specific seven run comic book um, adaptation called Truth, Red, White, and Black. Um, and you know this this um, this comic book kind of erupted from a conversation from the Marvel publisher Bill Jameis, and they they were taken back about the idea of inherent of politics of rapping a black man in red white and blue right like we're already you know kind of you know going through that with, with with falcon himself and i think that's where the series is going but um it is it's important to note here that um the isaiah bradley was kind of you know thought of first in this way right so um his entire story is and a, a lot of the basis of his story is reminiscent of the tuskegee studies right um, for those who don't know, quick rundown of that too. Um, the Tuskegee syphilis experiment was an ethnically unjustified study conducted between 1932 and 1972 by the United States Public Health Services and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. And the purpose of the study was to observe the natural history of untreated syphilis, although the African-American men who participated in the study were told that they were receiving free health care from the federal government when they absolutely were not. So... Back to comic book world, right? Um, Project Rebirth, right? Which is pretty much what um, Truth, Red, White, and Black is about, the comic book again. Project Rebirth begins as a collaboration between U.S., British, and German scientists, y'all. So here we go. Reinstein is the U.S. Um, the U.S. scientist that is over Project Rebirth. So uh, Reinstein, his early attempt to refine the super soldier formula were tested on only African Americans, y'all. 300 of... Uh, African-American soldiers were taken um, from a camp and, sub and subjected to potentially fatal experiments at a location that nobody knew. Um, and only five of the subjects survived. Like they had like these trials, right, running experiments on them and only five survived. Um, in the name of secrecy, U.S. So US soldiers uh, executed not only the camp's commander, but hundreds of the other black soldiers that were left behind um, at the camp. The government tells the families that the 300 subjects that their loved ones had died in battle. Wow. Just already. That's fucking insane. Right. Um, man. So here we go. Isaiah Bradley. Right. Isaiah Bradley emerges as the sole survivor of the camp. Think about that. All 300 black men are being experimented on. Isaiah Bradley was the only one uh, to survive the test group. What he does is he steals uh, a spare costume made for Captain America. He steals a shield made for Captain America. And before um, he engages in a suicide mission to destroy uh, the super soldier efforts, right, he uh, he he sets out to go to the Nazis. He's like, look, we have to stop this, right? So he goes to Germany and he tries to, he tries to stop from Nazis to, to stop the super chosen serum. There he, he uh, assassinates one of the scientists, but he gets captured. Um, Nazis' interest in the super soldier is even higher than it was before because they seen that this nigga just went out and took out a whole camp. Um, and he get, actually gets captured and they start to dissect him actually in, a, in order to reverse engineer his powers 
And what they do is they send spare parts of his body back to America as a message. It's really freaking dark, high key. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bradley get, later gets rescued by some German insurgents, right? But then he ends up being uh, imprisoned in Leavenworth for a little less than 20 years. But then he gets par- uh, pardoned by President Eisenhower and released. So at the time, he was considered to be, you know, quote unquote, black Captain America. Um, but in, in comics, man, he really is depicted as an underground legend. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure throughout the comics history, he like gets visits from Malcolm X and Richard Pryor and Muhammad Ali. And but when he um, what the crazy, really crazy thing is when he arrives as a special guest of the wedding of Black Panther and Storm, a lot of the American superheroes are, are starstruck. Right. Luke Cage describes him as, quote unquote, the first me. Um, and, but a lot of the other big black superheroes that we know, right? Goliath, Monica Rambeau, even Falcon himself, shoot, Wolverine, <laughs> who clearly is not from the U.S., you know what I mean? They, they actually have no idea who he is, you know? So that's why kind of, kind of people, um, say that he's, I, well, I call him like the, the hidden gem, black gem of the, of the Marvel Cinematic, or the, just the Marvel Universe in general. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't even know who he is within the universe. And here we are getting Isaiah Bradley in episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Who would have thought, man? But that's the, the rundown of Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, lots of history with that specific run in particular. It, it's, it's so interesting because Isaiah Bradley is a character from Marvel, hasn't really been touched in like a decade. Uh, the, the, you know, the series yeah. ended... Robert Morales, you know, he passed away, um, I think, back in 2013. And also, when the series came out, there was, unsurprisingly, a lot of criticism, quote-unquote criticism, um, from some people who were just, look, let's just call a spade a spade. They're probably racist, and they don't like the Mm -hmm. fact that a black man was in a Captain America uniform, right? Right. So um, it it received a lot of pushback in in that sense. But it's actually such an important story just because of the parallels that it does have to real life and you know all the stuff yeah. you brought up with the Tuskegee experiments and how closely aligned those mm-hmm. things are which brings us to the MCU and so we again we find out that Isaiah Bradley is a super soldier Bucky knew of him in the 50s during the Korean War um, mm-hmm. he had an interaction with them basically Isaiah Bradley almost killed Bucky and once you know, once Isaiah you know sees that Bucky is still alive, he he, he essentially tells him like, I just wanted to see if you still had that arm, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see whether or not you were gonna gonna come back for revenge and try to kill me. Um, but he's so angry because Bucky is trying to get information on how how the super soldier serum has been distributed amongst more people, and Isaiah's like, No, get out of my house! Like we're not having a conversation <laughs> at all because. You know, what's so interesting about that scene and what's so brilliant about it is the fact that we find out from his character that he went to jail. He went to prison for 30 years. We don't know mm-hmm. the reason why in the MCU yet. Um, it right. may or may not be similar to, to the comic run. He went to prison for 30 years, was further experimented on. He talked about how they just kept taking his blood. Hydra and the government experimented on him in that time frame. He had no life. He wasn't thanked for his service. He was a hero, but he was kept under wraps, kept kept out of the public eye. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy into your house who was a legit assassin for 70 years, like yeah. going around murdering mm-hmm. who knows how many people, probably hundreds and hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And Bucky's all of a sudden pardoned by the U.S. government for 
helping save the world, which is admirable. You know, he did his part. He's had he's had a changed way about himself. He's no longer a killer. And obviously we know he was manipulated and, and taken over by Hydra during that time. Be that as it may, though, you know, for all of that time that he spent being sort of a puppet for Hydra and killing those people, and now he's just pardoned and he's able to just go about freely amongst the world and right. and live a life um, to, to some sense of normalcy, while Isaiah Bradley cannot do the same. 30 years mm-hmm. were, were taken away from him, you know, and he's older. He's not he's not still young like Steve and Bucky were. He's yeah. actually older, so he started, he's starting to really face that mortality. The mm-hmm. fact that that man just walked up in your house, he's like, nah, we're not doing this right now. I'm not having this conversation. Thanks. I know why he's angry. I, I understand mm-hmm. why he's pissed off. And I, I just got to say, man, I think that uh, I think Marvel, including this in this show, is a very ballsy thing to do. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I I would not have expected this. Um, we had heard the rumors about Isaiah Bradley, but I was like, really? Like, are they going to touch mm-hmm. that idea of like the fact that the country decided to experiment on black men with the mm-hmm. serum because of course they're not going to test it out first on the white folks. They're mm-hmm. going to run it through us to see what doesn't and what does work. And like yeah. if people die, if there's casualties, if people end up sick, then so be it. We'll continue to run the tests until things turn positive for us, just like mm-hmm. they did in Tuskegee in real life. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they use this real situation to say like this black suffering that existed for so many years, all of it was to create, a white savior. There's no other way mm-hmm. to put it. A white man to be a symbol and a savior of the country. And people like Steve and Bucky, um, I, I guess sort of benefiting from that idea for so long, even though Steve did it unbeknownst to him because we also found out that Bucky never told Steve. Right. But the fact that they sort of benefited off of that idea and the strength of that for so long on the back of black men who were a part of the war that were experimented on and who knows what else mm-hmm. dark shit that's really dark shit when you when you start to unpack it. it's like this is this is real yeah. stuff it ain't it ain't so fictional once you start mm-hmm. to incorporate ideas like that right so i thought that that yeah. was just like a really brilliant way to to carry out that idea what did you think about the specific i guess you know you, you talked about the history of the character but how he's been translated into the mcu thus far yeah, man. Like, uh, I was so surprised. I actually pressed pause. I said, Isaiah Bradley? There's no way. Like, I said, huh? They really put him in the... Isaiah... And then they actually kind of talked about it. And I was... I just had... What makes this, like... What what made it so double for me um, was the first episode when Sam couldn't even get a bank loan. And then when I seen him here, I said, oh, we're going all the way in. Because right, right when they're walking to his house, right, he got the little black boy on the sidewalk. It's Black Falcon. And I'm like, what do you? Um, what do they call you, Black Kid? Like just because you're black, you know, you know. And so it's like they was really going, like Marvel's really going all in with some, some, some racial shit. And mm-hmm. I am, I'm here for it, bro, because it's realistic. Like, how can we? In comics, have always been that way. Stan Lee has always. You know, Stanley's always been that way. How can we both have um, a world that is imaginary and the things that don't exist coupled with the things that do exist the most, right? And that is it's just A1. Like, bravo, whoever is wrote this episode, who wrote Isaiah Bradley in the script, because um, they're killing it. They really are. Like, that. Th- this was the point I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. Because, that's the, of course, it's not the only thing that's racial, right? 
even we just talked about the whole Bucky thing, um, the Battlestar being a sidekick. All of this, like all of this, is like it's all just meshing together, and it's mm-hmm. it's making it it's making it a show I didn't expect it to be. Um, and again, that started with episode one in New Orleans, <laughs> and so I'm I'm just like I'm ready, man. This this is it. Yeah, it is It is super deliberate. It is no fluke at all that they are leaning into that. And so I, I guess just to close out our thoughts on this episode, you know, sort of the final thing that really had me thinking after watching all of this is, uh, is Sam, mm-hmm. right? Because this was also a revelatory experience for Sam. He, of course, did not know about Isaiah Bradley or the fact that there probably were other black super soldiers who lived and also probably died as well. Because we don't even know... Like, yes, Isaiah met Bucky in the Korean War, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's when he was given the serum. Like, he mm. could have been given the serum even earlier than that. He could have been fighting mm. on behalf of the of the country for, you know, years before that. But be that as it may, Sam in this position now, angry, rightfully so, um, that, that Bucky never revealed this information. Um, the fact that he also never told Cap and, and Bucky said, like, you know, he didn't need that burden to bear on top of all the other stuff that he was dealing with. And I think now with with, with Sam as a character really kind of being, you know, one of the main focal points, obviously, that idea of him giving up the shield in episode one for me, for me, makes even more sense now because. It, it, hearing this information in this episode, it only reaffirms that idea, like, why am I going to put faith and support in an institution like the government or the country yeah. when they're not placing the same faith in mm. me as a black mm. man, right? Uh, they they never have because they created black super soldiers but never gave them the recognition that they deserved for mm-hmm. sacrificing themselves to go through that stuff. So historically, they've never done that. And even to this day, the guy that they chose is a white man still, mm-hmm. right? Still. And so yeah. why would I take on this mantle and this shield of being Captain America when historically it's only represented whiteness, right? Mm -hmm. It's only ever been that. And he's had to wrestle with that and they don't say it explicitly, but they don't need to because Mm -hmm. you know that as a black man, you can understand like he has to be thinking of these things. He has to know, right? Just the larger meaning and implications of what that would mean. But, you know, I think ultimately what may end up happening in the show you know, I do think he'll take up the mantle of Captain America by the mm-hmm. end of this. I think that they'll, you know, they'll reach that conclusion. But what what is going to what, what's going to be necessary is that the idea of Captain America is going to have to be redefined. Oh, it's going to have to be different, you know, different mm-hmm. than what we've ever experienced before. It can't be the same as what Steve Rogers were. It, it can't be even the same as as what previous black super soldiers were, whether or not they were like the black Captain America whatever that may be, it's going to have to be a completely new thing for this current day and age. And I think Sam Mm -hmm. is going to have to create that. He's going to be responsible for putting that together, putting that idea of what Captain America means in 2021 in, in our country. Mm. Um, Because as we all do, you know, we, we evolve over time and the things that we, that we, that we adapt to and that we believe in and just like our beliefs and, and what we know even about our own history, it, it evolves. And so I think, I think by the end of it, we'll be asking that question, you know, what, what does Captain America really mean? What is being that, that person really mean? But in addition to that, just knowing that it's going to have to be different and, and Sam will need to, need to redefine that. So that's kind of wow. where I see it going with his character in particular. Any thoughts on Sam and his, I guess his arc with this show? 
Nah, man, I ain't going after that. You had bars. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Well, we know we, we do know that by the next episode, Zemo is coming. We saw a glimpse of him at the yeah. end of this episode. Uh, Bucky basically said, "We we gotta go. We we gotta go mm-hmm. meet this guy because he he got other information. He, you know, he's gonna be integral. So um, he might prove to be a little bit more of an ally than mm, maybe we thought, we or thought at least." Yeah. At least initially, well, yeah. you know, we'll see how that ultimately turns out, and we obviously still have to see what happened to Sharon Carter. You know, uh, played mm, by true. Emily Van Camp. You know, uh, Falcon revealed that she was branded as an enemy of the state after the events of Civil War. So, yeah. um, I'm probably, I feel pretty confident she's going to show up in in the next episode. I think I'm, I think I'm we'll ready see, to see her. Also, we'll shout out to uh, Aaron Kellerman, right, for playing Carly Morgenthau. Yes, um, they. They went the the gender bending version, you know, of the 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 captain of the flag smashers. I thought that was dope. Um, and she has a lot of work coming up too, so I'm I'm excited to see her here um, in a in a bigger role too, um, for sure. So yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of responsibility in the roles. I mean, she's leading this whole group of flag smashers, and right now they're the antagonists. Who knows how they'll end up by the end of the show? But definitely mm-hmm. an important important piece because they you know they also represent the people who were here during the blip. They're almost taking sort of a Thanos stance, it seems like. It's like, yeah, things were things were kind of better when <laughs> all these people were not here. Uh-huh. Now they're now they're back and things are worse and we, we don't know one hundred percent what the motivations are, but they kind of alluded to that. So it'll be interesting to see see that unpacked a little bit more um over the next few weeks. So For lots sure. to look forward to, but I think we both uh, really enjoy just how far they're taking this show, um, especially mm-hmm. with this episode, and hopefully they continue to do so over the next few weeks. So those are our thoughts on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you checked out this episode, hit us up on social media at Two Black Nerds. Let's go ahead and transition. We have another comic book show to talk about that just premiered this past week. And boy, oh boy, is it is it's something else. It's it's crazy mm-hmm. what this show has already done within three episodes. I'm talking about Invincible. Um, now, this show just again it premiered this past week on Amazon Prime, and it's based on the comic book series of the same name, uh, which premiered in Image Comics back in 2002, I believe. And that series was created by Robert Kirkman. If you don't know Robert Kirkman, he's done a whole lot of stuff, especially in the world of comic books. But he's most known for being the co-creator of The Walking Dead, which we know is not only a comic book phenomenon, but it's turned into a television phenomenon as well. Invincible is starring Stephen Young, Sandra O. Oh, and J.K. Simmons, and the series is about Mark Grayson, who's a normal teenager, except for the fact that his father, Nolan, is the most powerful superhero on the planet, and shortly after his 17th birthday, Mark begins to develop powers of his own and enter into his father's tutelage. So, um, Invincible came out of nowhere, for me at least. I, I, I did not see this coming. I probably heard of this comic series maybe one other time before i've not read it i probably heard it as like a reference in something else like mm-hmm. oh this this run was like invincible like that's that's the, the the maximum extent of what i knew about this so this was a completely new experience for me coming into it but you know just being on social media you're hearing about oh invincible just premiered today you gotta watch it it's one of the it's one of the most infamous comics comic book story runs you know in in the past like 20 years Da, 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 da. So definitely checked it out. Again, three episodes premiered. This will be an eight-episode season. And my goodness, this show is uh, 
it's something else to, to, to say the least. So it's a very adult oriented show. It's very mature. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There is a lot of violence, gratuitous violence at that. Um, <laughs> and we're dealing with, we're dealing with, you know, some, some really different superheroes. Obviously, again, this comes from image. So we're not dealing with like the typical Marvel and, and DC sort of uh, foray into heroes. However, right. there are, there are heroes, you know, within this universe that, that resemble others, you know, in other comic books, as do all companies a lot of them takes you know certain archetypes from each other but um man i you know i, I don't want to get into spoilers because i'm sure a lot of people are still discovering this show mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. since it is so brand new but i just gotta say i was uh these three episodes knocked me out i was just so entertained um yeah. and it really caught me off guard just like how much i i enjoyed it how funny it was it was mm-hmm. legitimately funny at many many different times um which i shouldn't have been surprised about because Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are producers on it, and they they obviously have yeah. uh, comedic chops, and they they mm. they know stuff that that that's you know worthwhile in the comedic realm. Um, and it it just gave some incredible action. You know, you got some great backstory on these characters. It's also for an animated show. It's it's longer than a lot of animated shows. Yeah, it's actually 45 like forty five minute episodes. Forty five minute mm-hmm. episodes, which you know typically we get like twenty two, twenty three minute episodes mm-hmm. with animated series. So I also appreciated the fact that we got to spend more time with these characters and really dive into this world but so much stuff happened you know not going to get into all the specific details but there's so many characters so many different factions and 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 groups and these different things the cast is literally ridiculous y'all ridiculous like the voice cast on it's, this show bro it's actually insane i already mentioned you know steven young who's coming off of fire incredible success with minari uh fire. sandra O, oh, jk Extra simmons fire. Um, at some point, um, um, Herschel Ali is showing up. Uh, um, DJ Mahousu is in that hole. He's in it. Zazie Beats is in it. <laughs> Zazie, yep. Uh, Ezra Miller is is somewhere in the show. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill is in this show for yep. God's sake. Uh, Jonathan Groff from Hamilton fame is in in this show. Seth Rogen had a cameo, I think, in episode yeah, two. Uh-huh. It's it's just so many. Walton Goggins is playing like a you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, an investigator. It's just. It's crazy how many people were just involved in this. So it's a really, really all-star talented cast. So, man, I just I, I love what I'm seeing so far. I, I can't wait till the next few weeks. Um, yeah, just based off of what we got in these first three episodes, what did you think about Invincible? Yeah, man, I agree with every single thing you said, man. The runtime, the action we're given, the characters we're given, it's just, it, it's just really a good time, man. I didn't expect any of it. I knew about the comic, right? Um you know, it's again this it's cut from the same cloth as Spawn and Kick Ass and The Walking Dead. But man, this is it's it's crazy how much uh people love to put uh commentary on the heroes we love and then just like tear it all apart man like yeah. if i had, if i had to describe it, this tv show is a mix between the boys and justice league unlimited it's like literally those mm. two things smack together and mm-hmm. you have invincible <laughs> um and this thing is it's i'm just we need more episodes like right now um because i need to see what's, what's going on but again without spoilers man um i think it's just really good to see uh the approaches that this tv show takes um, and a lot of anime shonen quite literally means the first year, you know what I mean? And so here we are, uh, the main character, Mark, f- finally coming to his powers. This is in, in, in a way it is kind of like the in a, a shonen or anime in that way where he just got his powers. And it's like, all right, now what's what's about to happen? And so um, I, I appreciate all the cameos. I laughed my butt off. 
all yeah. three episodes. There's something in every episode that just had me rolling, bro. Um, and it's crazy. Even uh, Sandra O's character, who is the mom, um, who she doesn't even have powers. She is also funny in her own way. Like right. it, everything is just so charismatic about the show. Um, you know, and it's like on top of on top of being action packed, on top of being funny. I just love the way the show feels as it's just telling it's still telling its own story, and it just, it, it just feels good in that way. So I, I appreciate it for that too. So yeah, man, um, it's it's really good. I'm suggesting it to everybody I know, just as much as I was the boys. I'm like, look, you like the boys? Go ahead and. Just go ahead and watch the show, man. If you like animation, go ahead and watch the show. Like, I, I found myself like, I know that voice. And you know how Amazon Prime, you like press pause and see who's on the screen? Yeah. Yep, yeah. I did that so much. Oh, man. <laughs> throughout I, watching yeah, it. I, it, it took, it, like, for the first episode, it took me like a, like a legit like 80 minutes to get. It's only like 48 minutes, but mm-hmm. it took like double the time just because I kept stopping to say, like, who is that? Like, I know exactly. that voice. Exactly, man. And, uh, yeah, there's even like a... Yeah, you're gonna see every archetype of superhero you've ever seen in, in a TV, in a any superhero content ever. You can be like, oh, I know who that's supposed to be. Oh, I know. Yeah. I think they they even got like a a Hellboy like character in that whole. Yes, like, they do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, there ain't no way, <laughs> bro. And it. freaking Clancy Brown voices him. I'm like, that's perfect. Like, yeah, it was just like, too perfect. yeah, they 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 know what they're doing. Um, it it's just man, it's it's such a good show. I so just a mild mild my very mild spoiler it's really just about the type of the character that exists mm-hmm. you talk about some of the archetypes that exist right. in the show there is such a fascination that exists across the board it's been around obviously for for quite a while now because the invincible premiered again in comics in 2002 i think the boys premiered in like 05 mm-hmm. but just this fascination of what if superman was evil right yeah. like both of those comic runs examine that idea mm-hmm. here it's omni-man in the boys yeah. it's homelander um basically this alien sort of person although you know homelander's not an alien but here omni-man he comes from an alien planet planet very much like krypton but the the origin story is a little bit remixed it's a little bit different but he's essentially superman that's what mm-hmm. he is he's like the leader of this group called the guardians of the globe you know who's supposed to be like the justice league or something of that nature um and he just you know there's some questionable things that happen you know there's <laughs> there's some stuff that he does well it's more than questionable it's downright, uh, more than questionable it's downright egregious it's 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 yeah. hardcore as fuck but um it's just such an interesting thing to see how often we're we're, we're kind of going back to that right mm-hmm. like we have both of these shows now on amazon um Listen, Zack Snyder, I, I think he has a weird obsession with the evil Superman because he keeps, mm-hmm. in all of his movies, he kept teasing it, right? Like yeah. Man of Steel, Superman definitely teetered that line with the whole snap inside next situation, mm-hmm. Justice League and, and BVS. I think we saw some shades of like, oh, yeah, what if Superman was bad or what if he was, you know, manipulated by Darkseid? Like, yeah. we're kind of living in that age right now. And I think that's just like a, a desire, I guess, to you know, spice up the character because Superman has sometimes been associated with being like a, you know, a, a less interesting hero because mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's just too perfect. He's too powerful. Right. So let's give him some conflicts. Let, let's make him a flawed individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, that, you know, a lot of these things are kind of a product of that idea, but it's just, it's just so cool. I think to see all of this stuff come to life now yeah. um, in this day and age when, when comic books and superheroes, films, television, all of that stuff is at, at the highest level it's ever ever been, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can kind of enjoy this in concert with all of the other things that we're getting, whether it be the boys or, you know, a, a Justice League with a traditional Superman. So, 
man, it's fascinating. It's it's an amazing show thus far. Again, I'm with you. We just need the rest of these episodes to drop. I can't wait. Every Friday. Fridays are just going to be incredible now. We got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Invincible. Yep. It's just, it's, it's great times, people. It's really great times. So uh, we both, I think, would definitely recommend that show. Go check it out if you can. If you're into superheroes, animation, violence, uh, <laughs> or even just like you want to see a bunch of really talented people do some voice work, this yeah. this is a good show for all of that. And it's mm-hmm. about something. Like, it's actually about something. So yeah. definitely worthwhile. So go check it out. Um, let's go ahead and transition. Definitely want to talk quickly about a new film that just dropped called Nobody. So they took maybe 20 bucks and an old watch. Mr. Madsen, did you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know? Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Cause it don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a hell of a day. You can see that. For 12 years, I worked for some very dangerous people. Everybody get to the basement. What is happening? Don't call 911. I used to be what they call an auditor. The last guy anyone wants to see at their door. Because it meant you didn't have long to live. But I left it behind to start a family. I might have uh, overcorrected. When you left, you abandoned a certain debt that needs repayment. And your creditor is aware of your resurrection. came after my family. They stole my kitty cat bracelet. And you don't fucking do that. Give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet. You look like shit, Dad. You should see the other guys. Who the fuck are you? Me? I'm nobody. Mm-hmm. So this film is directed by Ela Nyshuler. It's written by Derek Kolstad and starring Bob Odenkirk, Connie Nielsen, Riza, Alexei Serebrakoyev, easy for me to say, and Christopher Lloyd. Um, so this film just premiered this past week. It is a uh, action thriller. Um, Without spoilers, because I know that this is only playing in theaters and it's not like available on video on demand or anything. Uh, the best way that I can describe it is is John Wick. It it is literally, it's literally John Wick, mm-hmm. just without, without 
a dead puppy. That's the best way I could put it. If you haven't seen John Wick, sorry, spoilers. Um, but that is what it is. Derek Kolstad also wrote all three John Wick movies. So he is uh, he is doing a similar song and dance here. But what I will say about this movie um, is that it is a fun, fun ride. It is a great 90-minute short action thriller film. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's in and out. Mm-hmm. It gives you the adrenaline that you need. There's a lot of dry humor in it that actually... I think really worked. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some unexpected situations with some of the characters in particular, Christopher Lloyd is actually a big standout in this movie um, just based off of what he does. Didn't, didn't see it coming by a mile to be honest with you. Um, but really Bob Odenkirk is kind of the star of this film here. Um, if you don't know Bob Odenkirk, he is most famously known for his role as Saul Goodman in breaking bad. And now of course, better call Saul where he is the lead. Um, and I think they're entering their sixth season, the sixth and final season for that show. Um, but here he is like starring in his own movie. And I was actually, I was pleasantly surprised because I'm like, yeah, Bob Odenkirk could could legit lead movies. He could mm-hmm. be a, a movie star and be like at the front of doing stuff like that. He's really only ever done like supporting roles over the course of his career. And I know he had a mm-hmm. you know a bit of a stint on Saturday Night Live back in the the 80s, early 90s, I believe. Um, but here, man, he was really he was really the standout of this film. He's a really unassuming guy that you just wouldn't really kind of blink an eye at. He seems normal. He's living this really rudimentary just average life same thing he does the same thing every day same routine you know wakes up at the same time goes to bed at the same time so he just seems like an ordinary guy but then you know due to certain events due to certain things that happen um he he has to he has to sort of get involved again with his past and sort of revisit and reconnect with his past um which he thought he had laid to rest and retired from so it's very much like john wick in that way also like taken as well with Mm. liam neeson um there's a lot of it, you know, middle-aged white man who has to, for some reason, come out of retirement mm-hmm. and get physical and beat a bunch of people's ass, right? So that's kind of the main the main thing. There's other things that happen within the movie, of course, but uh, that's kind of the main conceit of it. But I thought it was pretty good. It was fine. Like, again, it was short enough. It was like 92 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it didn't run overly long to make me, you know, sort of detest the experience. I feel like if it was two hours, I'd have been like, okay, this could have been even shorter. <laughs> I think we got all we needed to see. Um, and again, I think the, the, though it doesn't do anything different or new for this specific genre. Um, mm-hmm. and we've seen this type of movie before. The thing that I do think helps differentiate itself is the fact that one Bob Odenkirk, again, just the type of character that he portrays, mm-hmm. um, again, just not the type of guy that you would assume, could be out here kicking ass like that like you just would not ever place that on him as, as a character in this particular movie mm-hmm. um, but then also just some of the humor that's infused and I think he also again does a great job at like bringing that to life he's actually a really strong comedic actor um, mm-hmm. which if you've watched Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul like yep. you see that come out in his character all the time so For sure. I was really glad to see him be able to sort of flex those muscles here as well to provide a little bit of levity to the story um, but there's you know there's some serious story beats here as well like it's actually um, it's actually about something a little bit more about family and, and, and you know sort of his livelihood than I thought it would be so it was cool I, I liked it I think again for 92 minutes I'd say why not check it out if you're into action thrillers um, violence it's very violent very 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 cartoonish over the top violence Um, if you're into any of those things and you won't be disappointed so it is playing in theaters right now but you can also I would say you could wait too. you could wait until Mm -hmm. home video video on demand like if you wanted to rent it or stream it or whatever the case may be you could wait too, and you wouldn't be you wouldn't be upset at it I think it's like a good Friday night movie so 
Definitely yeah, want to say check that out. Yeah, it's it's cool. It was a cool experience. Do you? I know. Uh, I know uh, Ilya Nyshuler, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the director's name? I know he he I also so. made a uh, Harker Henry. Yes, right? he did. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's on Netflix right now too. So if people, you know, can't go see that. I think Harker Henry did decent. You know, I I don't think it did, yeah. it's doing as good as nobody is right now. But I do know Harker Henry. You know, it's like the it's like Call of Duty in first person action yeah you know kind of kind of tight movie non-stop so uh, if people want to check that out you know as a in the meantime before they see nobody i would suggest that too for sure yeah get a taste for his style his directing style um mm-hmm. yeah and it, it it doesn't do like the same sort of things as hardcore henry but you can still sense he mm-hmm. he he has a voice as a director i think you can tell like he's a little bit more stylish he he's good at cinematography he's good at setting up this world and these shots and stuff like that it look mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a great looking film so i agree hardcore henry is a is a nice film to check out in case you're interested to see to see what type of director he is and want to see some of his work before you check out nobody so yeah um if you've seen this let me know what you think or if not just wait and we'll we'll talk about it maybe sometime in the future of course Mm -hmm. when it's more readily available across the mainstream and and with that said man let's go ahead and transition to the news of the week so of course um we had a lot of stuff that 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 broke over the past week in the world of movies and television that we're going to talk about first up we have to talk about James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, yes. and we just got this brand new trailer, which was fantastic. You gotta be kidding me. You're gonna risk the entire mission for a mental defective dressed as a court jester. It's coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of our own behind. Hopefully Harley's still alive. No funny business, Colonel. These are dangerous people. Team two is clear to go. Fire up. Three, two. What are you guys doing? What? You, we're, we're here to save you. You were gonna save me? It was a really good plan, too. Well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. That's patronizing. I'm so sorry. Harley Quinn. Bloodsport. You know the deal. Successfully complete the mission, you get 10 years off your sentence. Times are hard. You fail to follow my orders in any way. I detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull. Can do the job so this is the famous Suicide Squad. Nom nom. Any questions? And? Yes. That is your hand. Very good. We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. Here's the deal. We fail the mission, you die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. What? No. If you cough without covering your mouth... Harley, although that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. What's the plan? How the hell am I supposed to know? You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. Worry, eh? when 
to get you out of here alive. I'm going to get you out of here alive. Oh my god, we've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit! I I gotta say, I thought it was a great trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, we got really our first real official look at the film. We of course got that behind the scenes teaser last year at DC Fandom, which we did talk about on the show. Um, so we saw a few shots from that, but it was mostly again like cast and crew footage, some sit down interviews. This is actually the first. Um, feature-length trailer for this film, which is coming out August 6th, and it'll be debuting on HBO Max and theatrically at the same time. Um, so yeah, this trailer had had lots in it. We got a look at pretty much the entire roster for this Suicide Squad. We saw Harley Quinn, of course, returning. Rick Flagg is returning. But we also got the introduction of a lot of new characters, such as Idris Elba, who's playing Bloodsport. We got John Cena in all of his glory <laughs> as Peacemaker. Um, we saw Ratcatcher 2. Um, Polka Dot Man. There's a King Shark. King Shark probably, is a shark. Probably stole, <laughs> probably stole the trailer. Um, there, there's, there's so much happening. I, I just, I just can't keep up. There's so many characters, so many characters. Yeah, I'm man. like, I don't even, I really don't even know you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a clue about who you are. But uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a good, it was a good first look. What did you think about this trailer? It was a great time, man. Uh, you can already tell this is about to be. This, this is Guardians of the Galaxy rated R. Like, he's like taking it to a whole nother level. Um, and I think it's going to be bonkers. My, one of my favorite things about this entire press run is um, nobody's safe, right? Like, anybody can die at any point. Like, literally, as I'm watching the trailer, I'm like, man, the only person that's really safe is Harley. You know what I mean? Like, the whole mm-hmm. time, I'm like, Harley is the only person that's safe. And it's like, you could die, you could die. Like, it's Game of Thrones in this whole. Um, and, and I'm just excited to see what happens, man. Great, great trailer. I I love the introduction of the characters. I mean, like, just seeing John Cena as Peacemaker is so wild to me. I don't know why. Like, it hasn't, it still hasn't settled in that John Cena is about to be in a a DC movie. I don't know. It's like throwing me off completely. I got a feeling he's going to be the breakout star of this film, Mm -hmm. much like. Batista was for yeah. Guardians one. Mm-hmm. I feel like John Cena is probably going to steal the movie, which is maybe the reason that he's already got his own show on HBO Max. Like they're mm-hmm. literally filming Peacemaker right now in Canada, um, and I, I wonder if a lot of that is nece- necessitated on the fact that they've obviously watched the dailies, they've seen all the footage, and they know like yeah, this is probably a really special performance. This might be the role for John Cena that takes him to another level in the acting world. So I'm really looking forward to him. Sylvester Stallone is King Shark. Like, bro, (laughs) that is just, I was not ready for that at all. Not at all. But King Shark is a goddamn savage. He literally ate a human in this trailer. We saw him literally. And he said, nom, nom before he (laughs) ate the human. Like, he's like, Oh yeah, bro. Dinner time. And he just like, scarfed him down like it was nothing and then uh, there was that one shot where he ripped like a somebody in half like their yep. whole body oh my god it's gonna be so rated r it's gonna be crazy i love king shark so much he's just such a crazy random character that uh he's great man he has like no lines king shark is a shark is what he says most of the time and it's he's just a good time for no reason 
it's clear James Gunn is perfect for this movie. He's right? too just, perfect, bro. He's he's perfect. Just bringing together a band of misfits. Nobody likes each other. They have to work together and go on a mission. And we just get the the oddest, most strange, weird characters that you can think of from the you know every corner of the DC universe. From the most popular, like Harley Quinn, to the most obscure, like like Ratcatcher too. Like who knows about mm-hmm. her? You know. So it's it's a lot. It's a lot to look forward to in that sense. I need a, uh, I need a, I need a um, Taika Waititi cameo in this movie. <laughs> well, he said he's in it. He yeah, said he's in it. I we, just we need just to know where know it who. is. Yeah, I just yeah. need to know where it is because it that will like set off everything for me. I'm like, yep, this is the one. I'm good. Like, I'll, yeah. I will just walk out happy. Taika's here too. I'm good. Not to mention that we freaking got Starro in the trailer. Like Starro, the kaiju. That is insane. Like he that Starro is literally the first villain of the Justice League. He's what he's what brought the Justice League together. Never yeah. did I think we would freaking see Starro in a live action film and like the fact that he's just like, you know, wreaking havoc on wherever he's at. Mm-hmm. Gonna be just insane. This is gonna be like you said, it's gonna be bonkers. Yeah. Can't wait for it. They even gave him like more of a colorful approach than like a realistic approach. And I'm like, Yes, James Gunn. That is just what I know it's like to some people like what are you talking about Des it's just it makes it so different it makes it a comic book movie different from a Godzilla movie you know what I mean like yeah he 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 made it comic book just even changing the color or just making the color Starro you know what it was so it's great absolutely yeah still a heightened reality so really appreciate that from from James Gunn very much looking forward to this um it looks so funny it looks brutal it looks gorgeous I think it's going to be a great great time so um the Suicide Squad again is coming out August 6th excuse me um theatrically and on HBO Max so definitely be on the lookout for that I'm sure we'll see uh, lots more over the coming months with that film um also in the world of DC Zatanna, which we talked about recently, we know is getting a movie from DC, but we just mm-hmm. found out that Emerald Fennell, I, I don't know if it's Fennell or Fennell, I, I'm not sure. Um, however, the director of Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell, um, is set to write the script for this live action Zatanna movie. So yeah. we, we got an official writer, um, don't know who the director is quite yet, but that this also answered a question that I think we had because... I don't know if we were even clear on whether or not it was mm-hmm. going to be a series or a movie, but now yep. we know that it's a movie and it's going to be set within the DCEU. So it's mm-hmm. going to officially be canon as a part of that universe. So I guess now with that news, coupled with the news of, you know, Emerald now being a part of this, how do you see this, you know, well, what do you think about, obviously, you know, sort of that 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 behind the scenes news, of course, but then also how could this play... I guess even for 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 whatever the larger meaning may be for the DCEU, how could how could this character work within that context? You know, um, so first, I'm actually happy that she's writing this. I think she's a talented writer. Um, her credits, come on, bro. Uh, Promising Young Woman is just we just seen is doing great. The Crown, right? Um, come on, it's The Crown. It's easily one of Netflix's best shows. Um, that that's on the platform. Um, I think I think Zatanna here, man. I it can go a lot of different ways. There's some news we'll talk about here in a sec. But in um, in in Young Justice, the TV show, her dad, um, they made it. Her dad ends up being Doctor Fate, um, and also, you know, they could Zatanna. She she's she can be uh, 
widespread in that way. She shows up in a lot of different places. Um, right. But, of course, one of those other important places she shows up is in Justice League Dark, right? Um, a, a once potential love interest of John Constantine and some random uh, different instances. It just depends on what they want to do with her. But either way, I'm down. You know, I'm down with a movie. I still think she could work great for an HBO series, really dark. It has to do with magic. But I'm also okay, you know, here with it being a movie. You know, I think I think uh, if as long as they spend the time to tell us who she is, for the people who don't know, and they give us the action, it, it can be great. And I think it can tie into a lot of different other things, you know, which is why I kind of brought up the Dr. Fate thing. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Also another strong really strong female character i think as well from from the dc universe that that they can really tap into i think obviously we we should be seeing more of that moving ahead with with just like characters across the board and zatanna is a really popular one and Mm -hmm. to your point there are so many possibilities in terms of where she can fit within the dcu she can appear in so many different other movies as well and other teams and all yep. of those different things. So there's a exactly. lot of flexibility on where they can take that. So looking forward to it. Uh, but you mentioned Dr. Fate. Our next news item, Black Adam just got a new casting. Pierce Brosnan has been added to the cast of Black Adam, and he's going to be starring as Dr. Fate. Wow. Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. And we also, crazy. We also just found out that uh, The Rock has officially released the um, – the the date on on which Black Adam will premiere and it's July 29th, 2022. Um, so that's about you know a little bit over a year from now. But Pierce mm-hmm. Brosnan, Doctor Fate, uh, Doctor Fate is a just a crazy weird character in the comic books. I mean he can he can do everything. I think he has like mm-hmm. every power. He 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 can do magic. He can do telekinesis. He can astral project. He yep. energy. He's just everything. And there's a lot of different in- incarnations of of Dr. Fate. Multiple people sort of wore that mantle. Um but the most popular version of the character um I think it's the Kent Nelson version, which I'm pretty sure is going to be the one that Pierce mm-hmm. Brosnan um uh, portrays here in this film but mm-hmm. dr fate is going to be a part of the justice society of america which is going to be in this black adam movie and it seems like they're going to be the antagonist to the rocks black adam um mm-hmm. still still unclear on whether or not it's going to be a period piece because you know justice society of america is typically associated with like the 1940s and world war two mm-hmm. things of that nature so unsure about that however we now have our full justice society of america lineup we have dr fate hawk man and hawk girl um I'm forgetting who else they cast on that team, but it's a, I think it's a it's a roster of five at this point. So mm-hmm. um, definitely interested to see that. But Pierce Brosnan, man, how, how, Crazy. what do you think of that casting? Man, I mean, to be honest, that's the um, that's that was the James Bond we grew up with. Technically, when we were you know born and going through um, our time, that's who we seen as sure 007 was. first. You know, to be before we go back to the Sean Connery, before we go to the future with the Daniel Craig's, like that's that was our time period. And so it's crazy mm-hmm. to see him again. Another person is like, you're going to be in a DC movie now too. It's like this is it, it really is wild. I'm happy um, they got someone like him, right? Because uh, Doctor Fate is known to kind of feel like this kind of dad type figure in a lot of different ways. Like he, Doctor <laughs> Fate is also here for the fate of the universe just <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like dang pierce brosnan fits right in just it's a shoe that is his size like i i'm ready for it and so um I, I say it's a good job casting man i think i think they're getting better at this casting thing for sure but they're they're killing it yeah man it's a it's just a wild world we live in to see how many people are 
just signing up to be a part of these these comic book films, you know, on both the Marvel and DC side. It's like, wow, yeah, you you are doing this. Pierce Brosnan never would have thought or put that together, but now that I know you're Doctor Fate, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, the the film is now coming out July 29th, twenty twenty two. You, The Rock, The Rock signed up for this film in two thousand and seven. Oh man, that's that's how long ago. <laughs> We we found out that yeah. The Rock was gonna. That was three presidents ago, bro. Like, wow. That's how long ago. Two thousand and seven. We, we yeah. We literally would go back three presidents from now. That's how long wow. he's been associated with this role. I was still in high school. It's crazy. And now, it looks like it may actually come out next year. I mean, you know, theaters are open back up for the most mm-hmm. part in most places. It doesn't seem like stuff is going to continue to get pushed back. I know they're, they're they're looking to start production in April. They're starting production next month in Georgia, so it looks like they're actually going to start filming. Of course, all this casting news, you know, would, would lend itself to you know for us to believe like, yeah, they must be going to production soon. So um, mm-hmm. it'll be crazy to get those first like looks at characters in costume. Like that first reveal of the Rock in the costume yeah. is going to be. I know it's just oh, gonna, it's gonna be, be ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be ridiculous. ridiculous. The dude is huge, bro. He keeps getting bigger. It's the craziest <laughs> thing ever to me. I'm Don't like, cause, bro, if you like, literally go to Instagram and look at The Rock, and go to any, I don't know, 1999. Oh no, <laughs> he looks like a different person. 1999 WW, just any wrestling event at that time, and you're gonna be like, this dude is huge, even bigger than he was then, and it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't add up. It's like, how did you possibly get any bigger? It's almost like he got taller too. Like, where did the height come from? I don't. It doesn't make. It's wild. It really is wild. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if age is really a thing for him. He is just yeah. He's turned into basically a, a living Greek god physically. It's just it's ridiculous the way he looks. So yeah, he's gonna look. Uh, he's probably gonna look quite spectacular and imposing in that Black Adam costume. Can't wait to see that. But also within the Black Adam. I guess Shazam sort of universe, this pocket universe within DC. We just found out that Helen Mirren is going to play the villain Hespera in the Shazam sequel, Shazam Fury of the Gods. Um, And if you don't know about Hespera, she's the daughter of Atlas. And so that's going to be at least one of the villains in that film. We don't know if that's the only villain or if they're Mm -hmm. going to be more, but that will be one of the villains. So Shazam is now leaning into full-on greek mythology you know much like the 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 comic books and Mm -hmm. and things of that nature much like it it pulls from from all that greek mythological um history and lords it looks like it's really leaning into that um helen mirren man i mean one of the most well-respected and accomplished actresses has decided like i'm gonna be a villain in a dc movie what what's going on right now bro what's happening every everybody's having a good time i love it (laughs) all the all the old people are having a good time the youngsters i just love it to be honest is i think everyone see especially a lot of the the veteran actors before i feel like some of them didn't want the risk right a lot of them couldn't take the same path that patrick stewart and ian mcclellan did you know and but now they see the benefits and they're like shit i'm about to get in this bitch too and they are doing it and they are having a good time with it, man. Hella Mary, man. It's, it's again, it's just as crazy as Pierce Brosnan to me because she's like, <laughs> just this is this. I don't even know what to call her, bro. Meryl Streep is next. Like, <laughs> mess around. You no, you, we we joking, <laughs> but it really might happen real soon. It, it really might happen, man. This this is really wild. But she was also in Red too. To be fair, she did do Red too, um, which is you know more comic book content. So 
I, I think she's here for, again, another good time. But not only that, but um, a lot of these roles for veteran actors like that do push them in different ways that a lot of them don't expect, too. Like, they're used to playing, I don't know, Helen Mirren was in, uh, what's what's that movie? The Good the Good Liar. Uh, uh, and, you know, roles like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just roles like yeah. that. And I, I think I think superhero films is just a change of pace for them. Again, Pierce Brosnan really hasn't been around too, too much, you know, like that either. Like, I think they're just ready for something new. And I think DCEU is providing it to them. And to, and to that point, too, it allows them to reach a, a new generation and a younger demographic. You know, a bunch of people that they probably wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach. Like, mm-hmm you're reaching a lot of children in that regard, like a lot of young boys, young girls, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, who are really into that stuff. So um, as a as a more veteran actor who's been around, who's probably not, you're not at, I guess, sort of the apex of your career anymore. You're not in the limelight. Like Pierce Brosnan, yeah. obviously his apex was when he was James Bond. Now mm-hmm. he's, he's still, he's been a working actor ever since then, of course, but unless you're really into film and sort of follow him, you probably haven't seen him around all that often. So now, you know, you go to see this black Adam movie, you just discover this whole, whole new actor and you might, you know, you might become interested in him and things of that nature. So yeah, I think it also like to your point, we're happy about it, of course, and it's beneficial for us because we love seeing these actors do this type of work. But it's also beneficial for them. So um, it's gonna be mm-hmm. it's gonna be fun. I can't wait. I really I really can't wait to see how this all plays out. Um, but in the world of Marvel, we finally got some official final information on Black Widow. We've been just sort of like waiting and sitting on this for the past you know, almost a year at this point on what the fate of Black Widow was going to be ever since this global pandemic came out. Mm-hmm. And Disney just officially announced that the film has not only been pushed back once again to July 9th, but it will debut simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus premiere access at the price tag of, I believe, twenty nine ninety nine. It's either twenty nine ninety nine or twenty nine ninety five, four cents, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's happening. There's no more pushbacks. They're they're putting it out. They're releasing it. Um, this film was supposed to come out, as we know, last May, May of 2020. Um, global pandemic had mm-hmm. other plans. They pushed it back to November. COVID was like, no, nah, we ain't done yet. <laughs> and then they pushed it back again <laughs> to this May. Um, but now I think that they finally got to the place of we just can't wait anymore. It's just like how how yeah. how much longer, right? Are we gonna hold out on this film? Um, mm-hmm. Tough decision, I would say. I think I think it's yeah. a really tough decision because this is we will never know how much it probably would have made, but I think all estimates would have pointed to something in the. It would have at least made. I think it, it would have made somewhere in the vicinity of seven hundred million to a billion it, it could have fallen in anywhere in mm-hmm. that in that range in my pers- in my perspective um yeah from my perspective but we'll we'll never really know because it won't i i don't think it'll definitely be able to make that amount but um yeah i mean I, one are you still excited for black widow that's my first question and mm-hmm. then the second question is although theaters are back open many of them are and we're starting mm-hmm. to see that that that's turning the corner is this still a significant blow to their business? Is, is this still going to be harmful to just that theatrical born experience that we've talked a lot about on this show and, mm. and them being still a viable, a viable, I guess, sort of business, you know, mm-hmm. in this new model of, of streaming that is, exists? Yeah, man. Um, am I still excited? Yes and no. 
uh, it's like an up down thing for me. One, I of course I'm excited to see any MCU, you know, movie finally come to life. You know, um, it's it's just weird after seeing where the future is and knowing Black Widow isn't the future. <laughs> uh, that's what it is, really. Yeah, that's what it is, really. Uh, to 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 kind of be, you know, kind of uh, a slightly disappointed. Um, whether they give you know Florence Pugh the mantle of Black Widow or not, whatever's happening in the movie, uh, yeah. That, so again, it's an up and down thing. I think I'm I'm still excited to see the, the film, but just not as excited to see the future from you know what I'm trying to say. Future coming from the film itself. It's like because sure. I feel like we're gonna watch it and be like, well, that was cool. Everyone high five, and then we're gonna walk out instead of like what we usually do is. Man, that was crazy. What do you think is gonna happen next? You know, that's what mm-hmm. we do a lot, and I don't think we'll we'll do that with Black Widow anymore, um, because yeah. But uh, there is something that kind of feels like it is on Disney side though with the shows. It's like energy, you know, coming from WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier that I think will help it a little bit. You know, I think people are kind of back in the swing of MCU a little bit, and I think it will. I think this pushback is definitely better than it would have been last year for sure pre-WandaVision and pre-Falcon um, Winter Soldier. So, again, there, there's, a, there's a lot of pros and cons and pushes and pulls that they had to do. But I I think – I do think this time frame might be close to what is going to be most beneficial for Disney. Um, I do think people who can go see it in theaters will go see it in theaters. Um, and I don't know if – it definitely won't, of course, hurt Disney. But will it hurt movie theaters is the big question. I don't know. Um how many, you know, how many, uh, um, what's it called? How many, um, man, I'm, I'm brain farting. Uh, vaccines are, oh, you know, yeah. you know, going to be, you know, that, that's an important step, right? If everyone's sure. like, we're all vaccinated on on July 9th, it might crack low key. It might be like, what if, what if that is what tenant was supposed to be right the savior sure. of all theaters what if what if that's what happens everyone's like we're vaccinated and everyone's in the imax and that bitch with popcorn and people are like shoot i'm gonna go get vaccinated right now so i can see the movie and then it just keeps happening it's possible you know yeah. like that technically that that could happen because i feel like we're living in a, a moment um where again vaccines are becoming more readily available you just seen nobody in the theater you know what i mean we're we're in march yeah you know, it's we already have, happening now. Yeah. It's already happened. We're in March. We have all this time before July. A lot of lot could change um, before then. So, um, in that case, I know a lot of people who's like thirty dollars Disney Plus. I'm gonna just go to the movie theater up the street for at least half, if not less than that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. So I think that'll happen a lot too, because for sure. Um, but you know, for the people who aren't comfortable, they'll watch it at home, and that's whatever. But yeah, man, those are my thoughts. I think I think this. I low key do think from a business perspective of of Disney slash Marvel, this might have been the best time. I think it really is. I think this is the best they could do. And they're like, if it doesn't work here, it's not gonna work. And here it is. Um, but other than that, I'm still ready to watch it. You know, Florence, Florence Pugh, I gotta see her, bro. That's I gotta see her. It is what it is. Absolutely, Pugh Hive, get ready. Um, yeah, man, I. It's so many thoughts, man. We again, we've obviously talked about the movie theater conversation at length on this show, uh, and this was not the only announcement with this news. So we also found out that Cruella is doing the same thing. It's going to be in theaters on Disney and on Disney Plus Premier Access, um, May twenty eighth. So that date is sticking. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing 
Luca, the Pixar movie, the next Pixar yeah. movie, I think that's just going straight to Disney Plus. No premiere access. It'll just debut on Disney Plus. And then Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has been pushed back to September third, but it's gonna maintain its traditional theatrical release. Um, man, I don't know. It's just still so much uncertainty. Cause yeah, to your point, a part of me like. I've been to the movies a couple of times now here and stuff selling out, but that's probably just due to the fact that capacity is reduced drastically, right? Like mm-hmm. not as many people can sit in the mm-hmm. theater. So things that people want to see are selling out a little bit more quickly than they usually would. But I am seeing mm-hmm. people like wanting to get back there. But we also, I mean, we're in New York. It's a, yeah. it's a movie going town there. There's always, there's always going to be people that, that go to the movies, regardless of like what else exists. True. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then to your point of what you mentioned about just the pricing of it, like as an individual, it absolutely makes sense to like get your ass up and go to the movies. It's going to be a lot cheaper for you than paying 30 bucks. And you're only going to be able yeah. to rent it. You're not even going to own the movie for $30. You're going to be able to watch it mm-hmm. for, I guess as long as you have a subscription, I don't know how long the Premiere Plus. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's as long as you have a subscription, but still, like, you don't own the movie. That's a lot of money to just drop for yourself. But then the flip side of that is like, oh well, families. Like, if you got like four of y'all and mm. your two kids want to see Black Widow, this thirty dollars looks a lot better than going to the movie spending a hundred dollars, yep. right? So, exactly. it definitely appeals to all sides of the the conversation. I think um, it, it appeals mm-hmm. to the people that are. That are that are willing to go to the movie theaters, like you say, if they're vaccinated and they feel comfortable, they're like, yeah, let's let's make this trip, let's do it. That's easy. Yeah. Um, but then you also have that option to stay at the crib and just like watch it from the comfort of your own of your own home. Um, it just, I, man, I just don't, I just don't know. I don't know what this all really means, to be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. has it accelerated movie theaters? The death of movie theaters has it accelerated that process? Probably. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but people are still going to some extent. Like we just, I mean, mm-hmm. we just saw Godzilla versus Kong overseas just made like yeah. $125 million. That's like the best yeah. that any movies performed in the pandemic. So people still want to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's difficult when we have these options like this now. It's like, well, do I just stay home? Like, do I really want to get up and go? Should I just mm-hmm. drop this? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's difficult. And I just read earlier, um, somebody who used to work editorial for The Hollywood Reporter has a friend at Pixar that he just talked to. And he said that, you know, all the employees at Pixar feel super demoralized by the fact that Soul and Luca Mm-hmm. Are premiering on Disney Plus and not in movie theaters. Yeah, if it, it, they don't like that, that that sucks for oh, them for just sure. because of. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously missing out on that theatrical experience, but you know, just all the hard work you spend on those movies, mm-hmm. years of your life, and the whole idea is like we'll be able to see this on the, on the silver screen one day, and that you know for that to not be the reality, that that sucks. That definitely sucks. So I think I'm looking at it from that perspective too, but. I think with everything you said and everything that I'm thinking about, just, I don't know. You got to do what's best for you at the end of the day. You just got to make the decision that's best for you. If you are able to safely go see this in a movie theater, I think that that's the best way to experience it, Mm -hmm. you know, with with a group of people. If you can safely do it, get some popcorn, go watch this this big, giant MCU movie. Um, But if it doesn't make sense for you, then you got the option to stay at home. Um, But, and I guess the last thing in in terms of excitement... um, yeah, I mean, I the these Disney Plus shows have created a challenge because first, like, we didn't have any MCU content for like a whole year, yeah. so I'm just like, oh my god, this this sucks. But now, you know, these shows are up and running. 
you know, stuff is starting to look like it's turning a corner. And to your point, man, Black Widow's going backwards. We're we're not we're not in mm-hmm. the present day. We're going back to 2016, 2017 MCU. That's when it's taking place. And it's like, kind of kind of over that. We're kind of past that. Like, let's move yeah. forward. I, I like I like storytelling to move forward. Um, that doesn't mean that it won't be a good film because it it absolutely can be. And I can mm-hmm. be totally surprised. I hope hopefully I am. But yeah, it's kind of like mildly excited. Um, so we'll see how that shapes out. This made me realize too, just even talking about this, we're gonna get four MCU movies within the span of five months. It's pretty insane. That's pretty intense, bro. Four. Yeah, bro. <laughs> we've never. We've first of all, we've never gotten four movies from the in MCU a in a calendar year mm-hmm. ever. Yep. July, September, November, and December. December. That's Black Widow, Shang Chi, mm-hmm. Eternals, and Spider Man: No Way Home. That's uh, on top of the Disney Plus shows that we're going to be following. That's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out again. Black Widow will be debuting in theaters and on Disney Plus Premiere Access July 9th. So we'll keep a lookout for that. And another movie news. We just found out Ghost of Tsushima is officially getting a movie. So Sony and PlayStation Productions are developing a movie based on the hugely successful video game. And the director of the John Wick franchise, Chad Stahelski, is going to be in charge of it. He's helming the film. Um, I know you, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've probably, what, maybe 100 hours? You probably probably played <laughs> nah. that to no end. <laughs> Not to, I did. But I, uh, I, I know you're a big fan of the of the game. Yeah, man. I, I actually got, it's one of the few PlayStation games I ever 100% in terms of trophies. I got every trophy in the game. Crazy. Wow. Um, It was probably like, it's probably like thirty something hours. You know, nothing too crazy. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, okay, it's nothing okay. too crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of just teleporting different places in the map <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and doing certain things. But yeah, man, um, I'm excited about this, dude. Ghost Tsushima is a really good game. It's beautiful. That's probably what I'm most excited about in terms of how they translate this to the screen is how beautiful the game is, y'all. I mean, there's the scenery, just just crazy. It it really is. They did a they did a good job setting up the environment, and I I hope um, the director uh, makes that a, a very central point for the film. To be honest, um, the action is going to come right. It's goes to Tsushima. The nigga's a, a shinobi who just whoops ass secretly. Like the, the action is <laughs> going to come, but I think if the if they have the cinematography and the direction to back it up. Uh, man, I mean, video game movies are getting more and more popular, but this is this is a, one of the ones that also makes sense. You know, some yeah. sometimes they come out with video game movies like, why is that come becoming a movie? But this is one of the ones. It, it's a really good story. Um, really, again, everything is laid out for them. Same reason Last of Us is being made, man. Everything is laid out. Uh, it's a really good story. So Ghost of Shima is the exact same way. And I think I think they have uh, the 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 characteristics to be successful here. Yeah, we, we know that PlayStation productions are moving full steam ahead on a lot of these projects, which is mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the reason that they launched this new, I guess this new division to sort of helm these these new projects based on their, their really successful video games. So, yeah, I think I think that this makes sense. I agree. Um, there, there's no need to wait, you know. It, it, it's mm-hmm. already had a cultural impact. It sold helicopters of the game. Like, so many people played it. It was actually a part of the conversation when it was released for quite a while. And, of course, yeah. all the Game of the Year recognition. Um, yeah, I, I think it makes sense. And, it, it, you know, it'll be at least... It'll be at least, like, three years before we actually see it. So, it'll have yep. some time to, to still simmer. And they'll probably, you know, 
expand out on that franchise even more, I would imagine. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I'm looking forward to it too. I think it'll be, I think it'll be hopefully a great experience. And Chaz Tehelski, um, has done really, really great work with the John Wick franchise and those movies do look beautiful. They are, yeah. they're very underrated in terms of their look. So if he brings Absolutely. over the same cinematographer, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, he, he's the right person. Mm-hmm. So, um, definitely looking forward to that. Um, Agreed. let's talk about the world of television. So we got some news in the TV world. Issa Rae got that bag. Oh, my goodness. She has signed a new five-year deal with Warner Media, which is rumored to be valued at $40 million. Mm. Oh, boy, that's a lot of money. Um, So the deal gives HBO, HBO Max, and Warner Brothers Television exclusive rights to Issa Rae's work in TV. Also, it'll give her a first-look film deal that spans Warner Media brands, including Warner Brothers, um, Pictures Group, New Line Cinema, and HBO Max. And currently, she has 15 projects <laughs> in development. 15! That doesn't, even, that doesn't even sound right. We've heard about, like, what, three? Like, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I've heard of this, and I've heard of that. And like, yeah, there were rumors that this was going to happen, but 15? Yeah, bro. Oh, she's, she's working. She's LeBron for, for Warner Media. <laughs> she's Warner Media's LeBron, bro. Five-year really? deal and all. Like, they literally signed her to an athlete contract. <laughs> right. The ma- the max extension. You know, you, 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 get a, you get a six-year option sort of deal. We're going to give you all the pieces, like 15 projects. Um, this is huge. This is really huge. I, it, it, it it shows the faith that Warner mm-hmm. Media places in Issa Rae, which I think yeah. is valuable as a black creator and a black mm-hmm. creative in this industry. Obviously, she has you know risen to superstardom over the past six or seven years, you know, really, you know, with the with the with the debut of Insecure, but also other things that she's that she's been able to star in. I mean, she's she's doing it all. You know, she's writing, she's starring, she's hosting, she's in front of the scene, you know, in front of the camera, she's behind mm-hmm. the scenes, um, she's producing, she's curating. I mean, she is I, you know, again, uh, we, we talk about this quite often with, with other deals that have come about. We talked about Donald Glover's deal with Amazon. Yeah. We talked mm-hmm. about Michael B. Jordan and his like production company. I'm just really, I'm really happy to see these young, young black, yeah, talented actors and filmmakers just really create all of these opportunities. They're taking their destinies into their own hands. And the fact that Issa, we know, has an incredible eye for talent. The fact that she's going to be able to give so many people opportunities opportunities in the future that they otherwise never would have probably been able to get mm-hmm. is a really exciting thing. So I think this is this is going to be great. Yeah, man. Um, Issa Bay, dog. She uh, this is like her ten her ten year anniversary of Awkward Black Girl, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 that was uh, you know came, was uh, her YouTube series, which is you know when I found her or where she came you know popular at. So it's just like it's it's quite literally growth like instantly. Like, cause after I found out it was her like ten year anniversary, it like happened. It's like Issa Rae has signed a new five year deal with Warner. I was like, what is this timing? Like the timing <laughs> is really crazy. Um, and I know she looks back at it too, and it's like, man, this is wild. Man, you know the the what's also amazing about this is just having a black woman at the helm, uh, being able to take control of content. Right. Uh, no matter what it is, marketing, advertising, they always say, um, if you if you if you make it as comfortable or as as mark or if you market it as much as you can to the black woman that's the best way to go right because that literally is the heart and soul um of the country and so it was crazy that she has 15 projects in production 
in development that could, you know, potentially be, um, again, kind of that same thing, man, with a black woman at the helm. Like, she literally, she's going to provide content. Everyone's going to enjoy it because that's literally how it works. Like, numbers have shown it. It's all it's all there. And so uh, this is amazing. Yeah. um, The future is bright for Issa, no doubt about it. So. I can't wait to see, like, over the course of these next few years, what what comes from it. Um, but a, Warner Media really smart, really smart to lock her in and do this, especially in this age of of streaming, when you have to have really brilliant minds, sort of, you know, pumping out this new stuff for you. Um, in other news, Jamie Fox, Mike Tyson, it's happening. Yep. We we heard about this long, long time ago. We mm-hmm. thought it was going to be a movie. Jamie Foxx playing Mike Tyson. He went on Hot 97 back in 2015 and described this project. He said that Martin Scorsese was attached to it. Really famous interview, one of their most you know popular interviews where he went on that show and he describes like the opening scene of what the movie was going to be. And he obviously did the voice of Mike Tyson. It was really animated. He was, you know, he's been an actor. And so people got super excited. But we haven't really heard anything about it since. It's just been like sort of just like floating around is like just this this idea that was pitched but never really went anywhere but recently we just found out that he's going to be playing Mike Tyson officially in a biographical limited series um so they changed it from a film to a, a limited series and Antoine Fuqua is directing and Martin Scorsese will be serving as executive producer so we yeah. have some tangible news now um we don't know officially where it's going to be living in terms of like mm-hmm streaming service or platform um it seems silly it seems absolutely silly for it to not be on hbo like i got has to (laughs) like why why would it not be on hbo like there's too many connections there so i think Mm -hmm. i think it has to go there if hbo doesn't put up the money to get that limited series and they don't deserve it but i think they will um but yeah man this is this is happening um obviously still early no release date or anything like that but um i think also an interesting thing about this you know one of the reasons that i remember jamie initially mentioning that martin scorsese was going to be attached to this is because they've really figured out the de-aging technology because they're going to have to, they're going to have to employ that here. If it's going to span the entire life of Mike Tyson, which it apparently will, it's going to be an entire life story. So for those scenes where he's younger, obviously in his prime during the the late eighties, you know, Jamie Foxx, I mean, black don't crack, but you still, still, you know, he, he he still looks like he's middle aged and not Mm -hmm. 20. Right. So they're going to, they're going to have to pull that off. So, um, he mentioned that that was one of the reasons that Martin Scorsese was attached because we we know about the Irishman, you know yeah. what they did with that film. So it'll be interesting to see that. But also Antoine Fuqua, I think, yes. is a, a great great choice yes. to to direct this film. Genius, um, in fact. If you haven't seen Southpaw, Jake Gyllenhaal, great movie, another yes. boxing film, you know. Um, but also just a really prolific underrated black director and he's really underrated like we got to talk about him more we do it's because he picks his he picks his movies you know um he only has what maybe like 10 10 movies he's directed yeah uh and it's that's it you know what i mean and i think he's just very deliberate about what he does but this that is genius bro like what i think Two years ago, he did the uh, Muhammad Ali documentary too. Yes. I mean, you have Southpaw, that Muhammad Ali documentary. You got the Equalizer movies, Training Day. I mean, like, he's the one to do this movie. He's the one. Like, I don't know who thought about it. That was like, I know who should direct this, but they did it. Like, that is genius. That that he's the one for sure. Uh, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a great move for sure. All the pieces seem to be coming in play. And Mike Tyson himself even uh he even confirmed on social he's like this is the official authorized, you know, film or series about my life because apparently there's another one in development that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't approve of and there's some controversy mm-hmm. there, but he's like oh, no, oh, Aretha this, all over. You know, t- right, tell me about <laughs> it, but I'm the um, best ever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see. Uh, <laughs> He's gonna Jamie, kill it. Jamie Foxx do his diction, that Mike Tyson diction in the <laughs> He's show. He's gonna um, kill it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. We we might be we might be talking Emmys for Jamie because uh, we know yep. when when he's committed and when he's focused, he shows up. Yeah. Like if he's inspired and ready, and I know he's gonna absolutely take this serious and kill it. Uh, yep. we, we 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 know his work, so I'm 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 definitely looking forward to this. Um, mm-hmm. in other television news, speaking of HBO. HBO was um they're moving hot and heavy on this Game of Thrones stuff, bro. They are uh really blowing up their franchise and and, and expanding the, expanding it in every direction. So three more Game of Thrones spinoff shows have just got announced. Uh, on top of the <laughs> three or four that have already been announced, I can't keep up at at this point. So the three the new three ones that have been announced, I don't know if these are official titles, but these are what these are what they're being referred to as. So there's a show called Nymeria. There's another one called Flea Bottom. And then the other one is called uh, the Sea Snake. And so these three are now being developed with the other, other ones that we heard about, um, Duncan Egg, Robert's Rebellion, and then House of the Dragon. That's actually happening. They're actually, um, I think they're about to start sh- shooting that like really soon. So we know for a fact that that one is coming. Um, but these new shows... Just adding on to everything that they plan to do with the Game of Thrones universe, Nymeria, the synopsis for that, revolves around the warrior queen princess Nymeria, a revered ancestor of House Martell who founded mm-hmm. the Kingdom of Dorne, and it's set to take place 1,000 years before the main Game of Thrones storyline. Flea Bottom is to be set in the, t- the notorious King's Landing slum of Flea Bottom, um, which is the maze of tight streets that were in the capital city where characters like Davil Seaworth and Gendry, Gendry Baratheon were born. And then the Sea Snake um, follows Lord Corlys Valerian, a.k.a. the Sea Snake, the Lord of the Tides and the head of House Valerian, um, um, and he's a character in House of the Dragon, so this would be a spinoff series from House of the Dragon. That's a lot to oh, keep boy. up with. Um, but and there's also like an animated series that they're working on too, like an adult animated Game of Thrones series. So mm-hmm. they're they're basically they're basically doing doing the MCU kind of or or Star yeah. Wars. Like they're taking. Mm-hmm every corner of this of this mythology and saying like well what can we do with it what type of story can we tell let's go ahead and like try to push forward with that um is this is this the right thing to do though the the question that i want to ask is this the right thing to do for game of thrones because like star wars really kind of created this whole idea of like an expanded universe right they Mm -hmm. they started it like video games and comics and animated series in addition to the movies uh marvel has been using that storytelling mechanism Mm-hmm. forever ever since comics were created that's how comics are crossovers joint team ups all of that type of stuff so the things that they're doing you know in, in live action makes sense do you think that this is the right move for game of thrones to say like yeah let's let's just really start to unpack this and figure out how how many different areas and ways we can spin off from this this main mythology you know um I will say it i'm a i'm a game of thrones whore man uh like if you ask me right now what <laughs> Game of Thrones is just, is pretty out there for me in terms of TV shows, bro. I love. I mean, it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I know the ins and outs of the show. You know what I mean. And I'm on two different sides, right? One side 
one side of me is like, yes, go for it. But the, you know, the, kind of the, the, the logic in me is it's just too early. That's kind of what it feels like right now for me because um, that first spinoff hasn't happened yet. You know, like uh, things like Star Wars and in, 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 in uh, the MCU have that data. They have the backing to be like, OK, let's go ahead and do this. You know, we kind of talked about this in the in the special episode of the MCU, too. Right. Iron Man came out. They weren't like, oh, man, we can't wait to do the Infinity Saga. No, they were like, let's make an Iron Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I think Game of Thrones is moving too fast because right now that's all they have is a quote unquote Iron Man. They need the next movie. Right. They need a Thor. Mm. They need a Captain America. And they, they don't have the rest of the data yet. And so it's really interesting that they're already like, "Ooh, let's do all these shows without having that first spinoff coming out. So you know, right now, I am definitely a little iffy, for sure. Um, we just need we need to see how the first show is going to go. Um, and if it goes well, let's th- let's talk about another show. You know, is the is the show good enough to expand? Like we just I think we just need to they need to take it in steps. And right now they're being very, very ambitious because they know they're one of the greatest TV shows ever. Right. Like they know it. And I think that's why they're going all in. But it, and to me, it doesn't work like that all the way. You know, like it's like. Yeah, let's let. I think they just need to take their time, and it doesn't feel like they're doing that. Yeah, um, it, it it's really, uh, I, it's the the trend of the industry, I suppose. The the splitting and the splicing of any existing intellectual property that you can just spin off into many different things. We we've mm-hmm. seen it happen, or at least been announced countless times. Whether it be them, we know mm-hmm. about. Uh, Paramount with Avatar Studios. We know yep. about also Warner Media with eight, with Harry Potter. They they mm-hmm. they just appointed a head of the whole Harry Potter universe, and they're planning to do. You know, we we talked about the the, the Cursed Child play that they're planning to do. They're planning to do a mm-hmm. follow up series to the main. Like it's it's happening all across the board. Where it's like, how can we further mine this? I guess this treasure. Of, yeah. of what we have here but mm-hmm. to your point man we haven't seen anything except the main series and yep. uh i'm also like do are these shows i even want to see like exactly you know like do i flea bottom i don't flea bottom, know yeah. if i really want to like yes it was interesting within the context of the main story mm-hmm. like it's this slum within this capital city but like is that a whole show Really? Is that like? Is yeah. that what we're gonna do? I don't know. Like House of the Dragon, that makes sense. Obviously, House just because of Dragon of how important. Sense. Yeah, how mm-hmm. important. Um, you know the, the the Targaryens are to the whole Game of Thrones legacy. Um, also, you know, even the Nymeria show, like found, you know, the the, the founding of Dorne. That I, I can even get behind that because Dorne is like mm-hmm. this really interesting place that we saw in the early. Yep early seasons of Game of Thrones, this really rich, you know, sort of kingdom. So I'm mm-hmm. interested in that, but like some of these, I'm like, I don't know if I even want to see this or not. So yeah. uh, it's still, you. like you say, still too early to tell. We we won't know until this stuff starts to roll out. But again, House of the Dragon is the only one that's like dead set, ready to come out. Like, well, yep. not ready to come out, but they're, they're about to film it. Like we, they, mm-hmm. they've been casting, they're about to start filming soon. So it'll be out next year. So mm-hmm. we'll have a, we'll have a look pretty soon in terms of the, the next direction of the game of Thrones universe. I guess we're, we're going to be able to call it at this point. So we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll see where, where game of Thrones ends up. Um, but let's go ahead and transition. The world of anime has been bussing over the past few days. I know Bus. a lot. I know a lot has come out that you've been <laughs> following. Uh, what's been going on with everything? Yeah, man. So this past Sunday, um, Attack on Titan, this uh, season, mid-season finale has finally happened. Um, 
they they hadn't announced this for a while. In fact, as you're watching the show, everyone's like, there's no way this is the end. Um, what's really interesting is like the manga is only like two weeks out from finishing. And so um, it was really weird that they hadn't announced that um, the second part of the season was coming out because it was supposed to be the last episode, quote unquote. But the morning of the the episode, they're like, part two is now coming out. Um, wow. So season four, part I didn't two. Know which that. Is, it, for, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wild. That's I was like, crazy. Y'all gonna say that the day of. Yeah, just gonna leave us out like that. Earlier. It's so wild. Yeah, bro. So um, December 2022, actually, uh, will be the the return of Attack on Titan, man. Um, it's really wild. It's crazy right now. But this, this season has been full of um, a lot of context. It's been a lot of story-driven work. Uh, the action was packed into maybe two episodes out of the last 12, I think. Um, but it's about to go down. We know when the season comes back. December 2022 is actually very far away. Um, yeah. And so I I know a lot of people who... So thing is with anime, there's always manga-only people. Or not manga-only, but there's like manga and anime people. And there's people who only you know follow the anime. And I know a lot of mm-hmm. people who's like, we're not going to wait that long. And I think I'm one of those people. I might just end up reading the manga at this point and uh, yeah. wait, waiting for it to come out. Because 2022 is a long, it's a long time away. That's almost um, two years. <laughs> that's, that's like crazy. Bro, it's pretty wild. Um... But, you know, part of what's happening is Attack on Titan, there's a, uh, the, the animation studio is called MAPPA, right, um, has, has kind of been, um, they took over this season for the first time. Before, the, this, there was a different studio, now they took over for the first time. But they're also doing um, another anime, Jujutsu Kaisen, which is like, they have a lot going on. And so I kind of understand the date for them. Um, in fact, I know they did a great job and they actually rushed the season in like six months is what I'm hearing. Like they animated the whole half of this season, in like six months, which is actually very impressive um, for, for the, the quality of work they've done and especially the speed in which they did it at. Um, so speaking of not only Attack on Titan ended its half season, um, but Jujutsu Kaisen ended its first season this past Friday uh, with 24 episodes. And they also announced on Friday that they're coming out with a movie. Um, mm. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero will release sometime this winter. My guess is a, a, around kind of the December time uh, to to bring us into the new year, man. So that's Jujutsu Kaisen, a, a manga I do follow very quite closely. It's amazing. If you if you want to watch anything that's like kind of um, in the shonen realm, like like Naruto or Demon Slayer, things like that, I do suggest picking up picking it up early while it's still fresh. Man, a lot of people still aren't on the wagon. Same way Attack on Titan was. A lot of people was watching that early and caught on late. Hey, I'm trying to tell people now, get on Jujutsu Kaisen right now. It's only 24 episodes, man, uh, and, and it, it it really is really good. It's different than anything I've ever seen. The world building is amazing, um, and it's a good time. So uh, check out Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, something else premiered. This past Saturday, uh, My Hero Academia is back with season five, actually. Um, and when that premiered, they also decided, let's announce a movie, everyone. Um, wow. So they have a new movie coming out titled World Heroes Mission, uh, which will be releasing Friday, August the 6th of this year, actually. Uh, man, you know I love the the, the last My Hero movie. Um, it's, that movie you, is ridiculous. You, you got so a chance good. to check it out? I did. Yeah, I oh finally did God. check it out. Man, Heroes oh, Rising I, is wild, bro. Yeah, is is it's really crazy. It's, so, um, 
yeah, I'm I'm excited for this too. If they do anything like they did with Heroes Rising, I think this will be another fun uh, movie that you know is going up into the atmosphere, man. My hero, s- such a beloved anime for me right now, man. It's a, uh, it's it's probably it's close to one of the only anime that besides One Punch Man that kind of follows a quote unquote superhero formula. Like they're mm-hmm. actually supposed to be superheroes, right? It's not like a Ninja World or. Tech on Titan. There's not Titans running around. It's like, no, these are superheroes, but they're anime. Um, and so that's why my hero is so dope, man. Uh, woo, and then we have something completely different. The Promised <laughs> Neverland, y'all, is sadly has ended. I'm pretty sure this is the series end of the show. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so season one of Promised Neverland is great. It follows the manga close as it needs to. It does a great job. It's only 12 episodes. There's a lot. It's a logic-driven anime. It's kind of down to earth, right? There's not. There's not any magic or anything like that. Um, it's just a bunch of kind of darkness um, in some ways. But it's really, really good. People, I put a lot of people on Promise Neverland season one. It was like, look, go watch this. It's great. They love season one. Season two also just ended last Wednesday, actually, in a dumpster fire. Uh, I mean, like, oh no. When I say this was a shit show, I mean. These production companies, they got they got something going on that they need to figure out uh, what pretty much. So let's just say um, any episode of 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 an anime series is like five chapters in the manga. Right. So let's say season one followed that very closely. Um, Season two skipped about 80 chapters (laughs) and just ended the show. Pretty much is what happened. Like, I mean, they, they skipped like three arcs. (laughs) <laughs> wow and like just ended the show bro like first couple episodes of the season you're like hmm i'm okay right now but this is there's some stuff y'all cutting out i don't agree with when i say the last episode was probably one of the it's probably one of the biggest shit shows again i've ever seen in anime um wow. it has happened a couple other times there are things like uh full metal alchemist brotherhood right well the original full metal alchemist um it existed but what happened was the the anime ended up moving faster than the manga. So the anime continued while the manga was still happening. That turned onto a shit show. So they made Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which fought, just followed the manga right after it ended. Um, this is the opposite. The manga Damn. is already done and complete. And they was just like, fuck it. Let's just end the show. And just they skip all that. Bro, and they literally had a slideshow at the end of the episode with like, this is what would have. These are the arcs that we could have showed the entire time. Wait, wait, hold <laughs> on. So instead of actually giving and dedicating episodes to all of those specific arcs, like, yep. how how long? How many episodes were in the season? Twelve. Twelve Just episodes. Twi- which was like season one, right? But they covered yep. all the arcs in season, season one. one. They kind of they pretty much covered everything in season one. Season two, they skipped three arcs. And decided to say like, yeah, at the end of it, like, yeah, this yep. this would have happened. This is what you would have saw, but we're just not gonna. We're just gonna. Yep. That's crazy. It's that's wild, really crazy. man. Um, to be fair, there's there's some stuff even in the Promise Neverland manga that's like not all the way there, but it's still good. And I'm sure fans of the manga still would love to see it come to life on the screen, right? Um, just the creative choices they made here were the worst. I mean, <laughs> I, they should just cut it off. They should actually just say. This is Promise Neverland, and it's just season one. Because, actually, season one ends in a way that anybody would be very satisfied watching it. 
Um, mm. And I actually still suggest it to a lot of people. And it's easy to be uh, a critic of things, you know, that think that, that you love or, you know, uh, you think are going a good direction that don't go at all. But, yeah, I think this is just the production company saying we don't have time or money to do this. And they said, let's just get this off the table. Whatever that's about, I don't know. What a lot of people don't know is Promise Neverland was actually uh, last year. No, the year 2019 when shit was popping. My Heroes popping, Attack on Titans popping. It was like the second most sold manga at that time mm-hmm. that year mm-hmm. um which is crazy because a lot of people and a lot of people never heard of it right um because people were reading it they weren't watching it yet um and so it's it's really wild to see and really sad to see this go out in the dumpster fire that it did but Yikes. man i still i still say watch the first 12, 12 episodes of promise neverland cut it and just move on with your life um <laughs> yeah. bro, I, I, don't the, get too attached don't get too attached the first season's worth yeah. it do not watch season two um i'm not only saying that uh, I don't recommend it. I'm saying don't watch it. Like, just don't do it. Uh, it's, <laughs> that might be the first time you ever said just don't watch this. Like, it ain't even worth it. it. Man. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's like, oh, if you like this, watch it. If you like that, watch it. Maybe watch it if you want to see a dumpster fire happen. Like, there oh, are wow. several YouTube videos. You can literally type in Promise Neverland on YouTube and you will get <laughs> hundreds of just like hate mail videos <laughs> of what happened to Promise Neverland, man. It, it, it wasn't good at all. Um, but yeah, unfortunate. Uh, man, it's sad. Moving on. One more movie is coming out, man. Um, actually, at the end of season one of Demon Slayer, the the very, very popular anime that has to do with a, a world of um, uh, the art of, of um, Shinobi and having a sword. Um, everyone has different elements having to do with this demon slayer is really dope y'all um if you haven't seen it it's also really short right now if you want to check the anime out um the manga of course has gone a little farther but um the 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 anime is also only 24 episodes right now season one is out you should watch it it's it's really dope the art style is you i think anybody could appreciate the art style of the anime um but uh at the end of season two they actually teased a movie a long time ago um and the movie is finally coming out i think it got pushed back first to some maybe some also productive issues but then it it got pushed back because of covid uh Mm. and believe it or not uh the the creators of these movies they also love people to go see them in theaters man um they really do It's, it's 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 a thing and so um here we are finally with uh demon slayer kometsu no yaiba the movie um the mugen train man uh it this actually continues the story which means it's like if you actually watch Demon Slayer, it's like, nope, you need to go watch this movie because it is indeed canon um, and it uh, progresses the story. And it is uh, coming out, man. I've seen showtimes as early as April. Um, but oh, uh, it's around the corner. It, it's around the corner. Um, but I believe the official date. Uh, let me see, actually. They keep moving it. Um, but they moved it up to... Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. it still just says 2021, which is weird. Um, yeah, but at like, least like it sounds again, like the spring for sure is, is happening. Yep, the spring for sure. Again, I'm seeing I'm, I'm seeing April 23rd right now as the premiere date, um, mm-hmm. at least where we are uh, for you to be able to go see it. Uh, anime movies can be weird sometimes. They might not always show up in the perfect time or like even though it might be April here, it could be may in utah i don't know like, they, uh, like a rolling yeah, release yeah. yeah this is a rolling release they have different times for stuff but again i'm seeing april 23rd as being the early date so if you watch demon slayer and want to check it out i suggest you do so and then go see the movie man i think it's i think it's going to be amazing it's a good anime so far one of the main antagonists looks like michael jackson and it's fucking hilarious <laughs> um 
<laughs> it's like a running gag on the internet. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. it's not a uh, Flex Alexander's Michael Jackson. <laughs> it that, is uh, not that weird movie. But <laughs> that's still funny the hell that was. But yeah, man, that's my quick anime rundown. Everybody is just trying to come out with a movie right now, um, which is it's, I think it's really funny. Um, but I think they seen the success of things like uh, uh, My Hero, Heroes Rising, right? Um, that that kind of got a. a they, they pushed it better as a movie than a lot of other uh, movies in the past. But even things like Dragon Ball Broly, um, we know the Broly movie is hard as hell. Um, I, all the Dragon Ball Z movie success um, that we've seen, all this is kind of coming into um, kind of a new age for anime movies, man, I would say. Uh, it's, it's It feels old, but in, in terms of popularity, it's kind of it really is a new thing. So um, I, as far as it being in actual theaters, I would say it's a new thing. So. Uh, go check it out, man. Go check all these out if you can. A lot of anime movies coming out, and that's it. Yes, I mean, it sounds like they. I mean, they realize there there's money here. There there's enough folks that are interested to say like, yeah, I'm going to spend money to go see this movie in a movie theater. And there's a community, and I think that that hasn't. I mean, it's always existed within the anime community, but I think more so now than ever, like people are just more outwardly expressing their love of it right like mm-hmm. it was it was dope as hell to go see like the dragon ball movie in a theater full of dragon ball fans like i've I never yep. had experienced that like i've been watching it since i was six seven you mm-hmm. know and i never had seen it in a movie theater so um that that's something that i think is like really valuable now and i think all of these like, sure. that you just talked about it's uh it's it's a new age and yeah man he just hooked y'all up man if you if you ain't into it at this point like y'all 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 know everything that you can watch you know not to watch season two of the promise neverland like don't even <laughs> don't, don't do even it check that out you got the full the full rundown and everything happening in the world of anime and uh with all of that said man that's it for episode 41 of two black nerds we are down and out that's all the topics that we had to cover for this week had much to get to and we appreciate y'all sticking with us but that's all we got man it was a good episode and of course we got some announcements coming up of course with all the the upcoming movies that we're going to be watching together our usual to be in movie night schedule you want to go ahead and tell them what we got coming up real soon here yes 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 y'all this wednesday is i'm excited i am pissed i couldn't get movie tickets because them hoes are sold out um, because <laughs> I, I ain't gonna right. lie to y'all, I was about to step into the theater 100%. <laughs> I was about to step into the theater, but Godzilla versus Kong, y'all, we are watching as a family this Wednesday, March 31st, on HBO Max, y'all, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central. Um, gear up with us, y'all. I, I watched Godzilla 2014 already, I'm watching uh, Kong Skull Island tonight, and then Gods versus or not Gods versus Monsters, but Godzilla versus uh, King of the Monsters tomorrow, man. So, mm-hmm. um uh, I'm I'm having fun so far, even just watching 2014. But I can only imagine when Wednesday is going to be the 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 battle of the titans, Godzilla and Kong. Uh, I think, man, everybody better show up to this. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait, man. My my speakers are going to be turned all the way up. My subs going to be turned all the way up. We're going to be blasting. Um, like I keep <laughs> saying, this ain't Citizen Kane, folks. You you coming to watch? Godzilla, <laughs> King Kong, fuck some shit up. Like that's what we want to see, and apparently it's nothing but good reaction so far. It's a lot of yes. good, good feedback for the movie. Especially, People are saying uh, like it's yeah. it's it's a fight. It's a, it's really it's what you what you sign up for. It's not not any unnecessary time with humans. Like you get a little bit of that. Like you get the the, the building blocks of that. But it sounds like we're we're getting action that we signed up for here. Crazy man, I'm so ready. Um, besides that, this is actually a double header week. This Friday, which 
I don't know. I feel like they're not pushing this enough. I don't know what's happening. Uh, Concrete Cowboy is releasing on Netflix, y'all. The Idris Elba and Caleb McLaughlin film, which Caleb McLaughlin is 19, and it blew my mind this past weekend because I was like, you're how old? That man looked like he about 30, like Reggie. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is this is crazy. But again, doubleheader, y'all. Concrete Cowboy. I'm excited to see this film. Um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good one, man. We haven't got a, a nice black Western in a long time, probably since, again, the the probably since the, the Ritz of Django, maybe um, yeah. or something close to that. I'm trying to think what else could have happened in between. Then. I, guess, I guess slightly you could probably say Magnificent Seven. Magnificent. Uh, yeah. A little hateful yeah. eight too. a little hateful, little hateful eight with yeah. Sam. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I think. I think uh, hopefully it's a good movie, man. These are two people, uh, you know, we 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 strive uh, to, to see on screen, and I, I I think they'll do a good job. So for sure. Um, so that's it, y'all. Godzilla versus Kong this Wednesday, and Concrete Cowboy this Friday. Again, they both start at 10 p.m. Eastern time, 9 p.m. Central. Um, and just just as a reminder, um, next Friday, Thunder Force, April 9th, and the week after that will be. Uh, Mortal, Mortal Kombat April 16th on HBO Max so um, thank you all so much man show up to Two Black Nerds Movie Night hashtag 2BM Movie Night should be a good time make sure you have your snacks your popcorn your wine your whiskey your tequila bring it all uh, we're gonna have a good time this week with our, with our double hitter movies man with that being said thank y'all so much for listening to another episode of Two Black Nerds where we're too black too nerdy and we out y'all peace